gosh, where do I start? I had a lot of allergies. I had allergic dermatitis on my hands. I had allergic rhinitis. My nose wouldn't stop running. I didn't stop sneezing. Mm. They put me on cortisone nasal sprays, cortisone creams, cortisone sprays, homeopathic stuff. You know, you go down the route of medicine and it doesn't help anymore. Now you're going to the homeopath and that relieves the symptoms, but it doesn't actually go away. And then you go to the naturopath who tells you, you've got a sensitive constitution. You'd be really sick if you weren't so happily married. Yeah. <laughs> I walked out of there, it was the weirdest thing. It was a lid of a, one of those um, boxes that you buy beer in, the, the cardboard base. It says castle all over. It was full of vitamins walking out. Oh, wow. Hundreds of rands. And I've been taking vitamin supplements my entire life. So I'm like, what's different about these ones? And I remember Mark saying to me once, why does my urine smell? Why is it almost like glow in the dark, yellow? And why does it smell just like the vitamins that come out of the bottle? Mm -hmm. And it was then that I started to do some serious research. I had studied anatomy and physiology and chemistry. And um, when I found solutions to my health problems, I started studying nutrition seriously. And there's nowhere to study proper nutrition in this country. You study dietetics, but that's what the food industry wants you. Mm -hmm. It's totally funded by... Nestle Food Company, the Flora Margarine Company. I actually had one of the, a lot of young girls want to study nutrition and they want to recognize degrees, so they go to university to get the degree. I had the one girl come in there, she said, you're crying her eyes out. I had to spend the whole day with Flora Margarine Company telling us how wonderfully good margarine is for us. <laughs> and how much, right down to how much it costs. Mm. <clears throat> and when they ask questions about the top nutritional biochemists and the biggest nutritional studies ever done, it's not mentioned in university. It's mm. just discounted yeah. because it doesn't suit what the industry yeah. is saying. Like, for example, that dairy products are the main causes of sinusitis, tonsillitis, ear infection. I mean, our own Red Cross Children's Hospital, Dr. Matala yeah. printed, published his research back in the 1980s saying that otitis media, which is your ear infections, allergic rhinitis, um, gastrointestinal bleeding causing um, anemia, mm. Uh, upper respiratory infections. He just listed all these conditions. He said the main cause of these conditions is from um, cow's milk allergy. Cow's milk allergy, allergic or intolerance to cow's milk. It's not even an allergy, it's an intolerance. Mm -hmm. And he said the point is not to go to soya because 40% of children are s and adults. 40% of children who and adults who have dairy intolerances are also soy intolerant. So you sure. can change to soy and you've still got the symptoms. So you think, well, it's not the milk. Mm, so you go back yeah. to the milk because now you've still got the same symptoms. Yeah. So we just, we moved so far away from the way we were designed to live. And I'm going to, I was also diagnosed as being bipolar. Mm. I'm told I had a chemical imbalance of the brain. It's, there's like a history mm. of suicide and weird behavior. My father used to trash the house periodically. And when I started doing it as an adult, I thought I'd inherited my father's temper and I would just trash the house and smash my poor husband. <laughs> the first eight to ten years of our married life was hell. I trashed the house, I trashed him with terrible words. I even had people come and pray for me because they thought that I had a demon or several of them. <laughs> Nothing came out. And I knew that it was a physical thing. I knew I wasn't crazy, although I would look at myself and feel like a crazy person. I remember one morning actually crying out to God, saying, please help me. And I actually collapsed in a supermarket, and eventually, in those days, doctors used to make house calls, and somebody got hold of a woman doctor who came out and gave me a checkup and looked at everything and asked me a million questions. She said, you suffer from bipolar. In those days, they called it manic depression. You have a chemical imbalance of the lay, and here's a script for lithium. Off you go. No Google to do search side effects. I've grown up in a home where my mom 
had raised us that if you had a sore stomach or a sore finger or a sore any part of your body, first question was how much water have you drunk today? Mm. Next question, I don't go anywhere without a bottle of water. That's why I love living in Southern California. When we were there, everybody's always got bottled water everywhere. Mm. They drive with it in the trunk of their car because it's one of the they have to have flat shoes, a torch, and water in case there's an earthquake. Uh-huh. <laughs> so everybody has like a 24-pack thing of water in the trunk of their car. <laughs> anyway, so my mom was like, you got to drink two glasses of water if you've got a headache. And, and, and today, research, show, research shows us, I mean, we are talking like the 1950s and 60s being raised like that. Today, research shows that the number one cause of migraines and headaches is dehydration. Mm-hmm. The number one cause of it, drink water. Mm-hmm. So we would drink water and miraculously the headache wouldn't. And mm-hmm. if it didn't go, my mother would say to me, when did you last make a bowel movement? Sure. And she'd, sure. she'd give you, you either got milk and magnesia in a book or just milk and magnesia, or just the book. It depended what she had. Milk and magnesia was the only thing she had. Band-Aid and milk and magnesia. <laughs> and you used to have to go and sit in the bathroom with a book until something happened. You couldn't <laughs> just read until something. So needless to say, we had piles of books in the bathroom. And to this day, we have piles of books in our bathroom. Even in our business, if you go into I mean, we've been donated a lot of books. I put books on the windowsill. These books are for sale. But hey, man, you can read them too. <laughs> it helps you make things happen. <laughs> Some people get all weirded out about it. They want to touch a book that somebody else touched when they were in the toilet. And I'm like, you flush it. You're pulling the handle on the toilet. You're flushing it and you're opening the door. <laughs> you start getting like Howard Hughes and walking around the box of Kleenex to open doors. And... Anyway. Michael Jackson. Anyway, so if all of that didn't work, my mother would tell us to go and sleep. We clearly didn't have enough sleep. Mm-hmm. So what she was doing was, without realizing it, my mother was teaching us that you need to find out what the problem is, not mm. treat the symptom. Mm. So we really didn't have medicine in our house. It was really because we couldn't afford it. But my mom had this really practical way of thinking. And, um, you know, she's 84 years old today, and she's on. she smoked for a long time in her life. So she's on low doses of... Um, medication for asthma which happens occasionally but her lungs got weak and she stopped smoking only when she was 60 <clears throat> anyway but she surprised me well considering how hard she partied and how much she smoked <laughs> uh, she's the last surviving member of eight children oh. so what she did was raise us to look for the cause not to treat the symptom Mm -hmm. and I asked questions why do I have a chemical imbalance of the brain well we don't know it just happens well that's not good enough for me Mm -hmm. as I said we didn't have Google I couldn't go and say what is bipolar or what's manic depression Mm -hmm. I had to actually go into the pharmacy ask for the insert and what are the side effects and stood there and read it liver problems heart problems depression suicide you know that's an issue weight gain there's no way I'm going to take this bro. When I was diagnosed, I was actually underweight. And I come from a family where all the women are overweight. I mean, once you're over 30, I mean, I have a cousin who swam for Eastern Province. She was a top swimmer. She was always skinny. She just used to swim for hours a day. She's my age. Today, she's morbidly obese. And every woman in our family over the age of 30 is on thyroid medication except me. So, And I would be on it because... We all have this tendency to very dry skin, constipation, weight gain, which wow. are all indications that your thyroid's not working as well as it should. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem. We treat the symptom. 
the one little gland, the thyroid gland, without realizing that it's part of this huge hormonal system, the endocrine system. And that endocrine system is like an orchestra. The thyroid gland can't work properly if the pituitary gland's not working properly because that's the master control gland. And that's not going to work properly if something else is not working properly. The, you know, the testes, the, uh, the ovaries, the parietal cells. We have cells in our stomach that secrete hydrochloric acid to help us digest our food properly. And that's part of this endocrine or hormonal system. Mm. And we produce dozens of these hormones. <clears throat> we all know the, the well-known ones like estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone. But there are dozens that we produce, and they do they, they make chemical reactions take place in the body. And when those chemical reactions don't take place, something goes wrong. And we live in a very crazy world right now. Mm. We really do. There's so much information overload. Sometimes I actually want to take my phone and throw it out the window because you can get onto it, and then you're on the internet, and you're looking at something, and things pop up here, and I'm like, Oh, Jackie Onassis. Ah, well, the next thing I'm watching a movie about Jackie Onassis. And, oh, I didn't know she had a sister. Oh, her sister was a princess. And you're going down these rabbit holes and you're just yeah. like down here and all you were doing was looking up the side effects of medication of somebody in hospital whose testicles are swollen up and you're like, where am I? What was I doing? <laughs> so it's, it's just, I mean, if I have to think of the one, doesn't matter where Mark and I have gone and spoken, whether it's in to the staff in a tiling company in Hammanskral or speaking to people in Orange County in Southern California and, you know, in a house that is, they drive in with a Bentley and the garage opens up into the designer kitchen. And I did a talk in their kitchen one day and there was champagne in the fridge. That wasn't a typical Californian fridge mm -hmm. and goji berries in the drawer. And when I say goji berries, like 20 pounds of it, you open this <laughs> deep pot drawer and it's just full of goji berries. <laughs> but that gets me to another point, information overload. We are we just completely overloaded with information. Everybody's selling something. Everybody's trying to get you to do what they're doing. So I'm going to say to you tonight that don't believe a single thing I say. You can read my book and find out my story and how it worked. Don't believe what I'm saying. Go home and question it. Mm. But I'm going to tell you to do one thing. When all this information starts coming from people, whether it's from Tim Noakes or Penny Forsyth, if there isn't even a person like that, it doesn't matter who it is, whether it's Dr. McCullough, it doesn't matter. The, and the, in the internet is just like there's millions of experts. And let me tell you, they're actually not experts. They're just people that write articles for money. And I know several of these people. They write the articles. They get paid somewhere between 50 and $100 for an article. Mm. And then you read it all the way to the bottom and it'll tell you so-and-so is a journalist. And journalism is, does not give, make you a specialist in nutritional mm. health or anything like that. And they're usually taking stompies from this person and that person, this person, that person, and putting it into an article. And they'll throw in some paleo information there as well. <laughs> yeah. This is what you've got to do. And it's a question I ask people like Tim Noakes. Is, mm. Show me where the healthiest, longest living people are in the world mm. and what are they doing. And let's copy them. Yeah. Who are these people? Are they people like that? And in the 19, early, probably about 15 years ago, early 2000s, um, National Geographic, and this is what I love about it, National Geographic is not funded by some food company or pharmaceutical company or vitamin company or any other company and they're not selling you anything. They appointed a guy called Dan Butner, who's considered an explorer. He, went and does, he does these things and goes and has a look at all. But, but now, because of this huge study that he did, 
he's actually become known as the Blue Zone guy, and he goes all around the world talking about the Blue Zones. Unfortunately, people have jumped on the bandwagon, and you'll go and look up Blue Zones, and there's a Blue Zone diet, and a Blue Zone book, and a Blue Zone shop, and a Blue Zone this, and everybody's selling things we're using the name Blue Zones. And they came up with this term because they just had to give it a name, Blue Zones, because those were people lived the longest, and you had most people over the age of 100 whose bowels, bladders, sure. and brains all still worked. Mm -hmm. No senile dementia, no bladders that aren't working bowels. And that's a very common problem in the elderly mm -hmm. today. I see it with you know my mom's friends and people like that. You just want your bowels to stop working. I want to get to 120 because I believe that's how long we should live. Yeah. <clears throat> and I have um, heart specialists. I know a couple of heart specialists up in Johannesburg who have said that the human heart's designed if you look at the way it's designed, it should last 200 years. Mm -hmm. Wow. And my brother had a heart attack at 50. Mm. He then changed his diet. Now he's a belongs to the Iron Heart Group, which means he does Iron Man. Oh, wow. He's changed his diet radically, and then he was awarded some prize in America for being a global hero because he got up and started running again and got his life sure. together. Sure. So there is some interesting stuff out there, but at the end of the day is... Did you ever see that movie Jerry Maguire? Now this really dates me. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's kind of Jerry Maguire's up there with Dr. Quinn, medicine woman. There's <laughs> <laughs> a part in the movie where he says, show me the money. Yeah. And that's what I say to people is, remember that scene and think of it, show me the people. Show me the people. Show me the people that are living the longest and the healthiest, mm. right from little children to elderly people. And let's look at what they do. And they found these five communities around the world, one in Japan, Okinawa, <clears throat> one in uh, Greek, uh, Greece, um, I'm trying to think of the area. Sardinia. Sorry? No, Sorry. Sardinia in Italy, um, Icarus in Greece, Icarus in Greece, it's been efficient. Icarus in Greece, um, and then there's a community in Costa Rica and a community in Loma Linda in Southern California. And what they found is very interesting. They all believed in a higher power of mm. some kind. The Japanese with Shintoism and the vast majority of them were either Catholic or like the Seventh-day Adventists. They believed in a higher power, which helped to give them the second thing that they had, which is a sense of purpose. Mm. Every one of those people had a specific sense of purpose. And I think when we look at this, we begin to realize that health is not just about eating. Mm. You were talking about people don't tell you. You don't know. I heard you listening to you talking yeah. about you go and do this, and you're doing a bit of this, and you do a bit of this, but then nobody tells you how to manage stress. Mm. But if you look at what these people are doing, everything they're doing is helping them manage stress. Daryl Carnegie in his book, How to Stop Worrying and Start Living, is the easiest way to stop to get to deal with stress. Number one way is to pray. Yeah. When you look in these communities, they all believe in a higher power. They all mm. pray. Okay, so they they believe in a higher power. They have a sense of purpose. In, Jap um, in Japanese, they call it your ikigai, and they interview this. 104 year old woman mm. and they said to her what is your ikigai and she says she gets this big smile on her face and she they photograph her with her 18 month old great 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 granddaughter she, yes. she said it's to get up in the morning and spend the day with this child who i love so much which brings me great joy so this woman is so excited to get up and spend time with this grandchild mm. and you think of how we live today most grandparents are irritated with their grandchildren because mm -hmm. they've got they want to watch something on tv or they're going to play a game of bridge, or they want to go shopping or something, the grandchildren must be seen and not heard. Mm. It's a very, very different culture there. They, mm. they also live in community. The grandparents, the aunts, the cousins, everybody's together in the community. Now, it's not always easy to do that in the culture we live in, but our communities very often are people that we hang out with that are like-minded. Mm. And those you might find at your church, your synagogue, your 
somebody said to me the other day, we drive all the way to Cape Town for our CrossFit because it's our community. They're like our brothers and sisters. <laughs> and maybe it's your CrossFit group. <laughs> getting to exercise, one of the things is they only, none of them do any formal exercise. In other words, they don't yes. belong to a gym, they don't do triathlons, they don't race and bicycle rides. They all move naturally. Mm. And natural moving is they all garden, they all grow their own food, they cycle somewhere, houses. they chop their own wood, mm. they clean their house, mm. they move naturally, they do things, they're busy. Mm. They don't sit around and do nothing. They're not sitting watching TV. Mm. We have to go to gym because we sit and we watch TV. It's a very passive thing to do. This is my mother and she knits until her fingers can't knit yeah. anymore and their joints are all fused and sure. full of arthritis. Their thumb is sore. But if you look at them, a, they spend a lot of time outdoors because they hike a lot, they walk from village to village, and if they don't, I mean, they show, you must actually look at it. You go online and you look at the TED Talk, Dan Butner, or TED Talks Blue Zones, and Dan Butner comes up, and they show some footage of this guy, 102 riding his scooter, and the next thing he's chopping wood, and then Dan Butner arm wrestles with him, and this old guy just <laughs> down like his, and Dan no is 40 in that, this guy's 102. Crazy. I know in um, Sardinia and Italy and Icarus and Greece, they do drink a bit of wine, and they say that helps them, but they, there's nobody overindulges in it. Mm. It's not a, they don't drink more than four liters in a month, mm. which is less than half a glass like that. Mm. So, and some of them eat a little bit of cheese. They all eat a whole food plant-based diet. Mm. In other words, they eat very little animal products, if any. Mm. The biggest meat eaters are in Icarus, in, oh, not Icarus, um, yes, Icarus, in, not Icarus, it's in Greece, Okinawa in Japan. And they will eat one sardine, which is about that big, not tiny little sardines, a big sardine, mm. and they will share it amongst a group of people this big. So it's like a condiment to the meal. Mm. They all eat legumes, all mm. of them. And that's where I said to Tim Noakes, you're telling everybody not to touch legumes and yet the longest living, healthiest communities where they don't suffer from constipation, where they don't have migraines, where they don't have all these problems that we have, sinusitis, they eat beans or lentils every single day. Mm. Mm. Their food is unprocessed. They don't eat things like refined sugar and they don't have, buy knickknacks from next door because they're living in a community that's not very commercial. The most commercial is in Loma Linda in Southern California. It's right there in the middle of Southern California. There's lots of stores around. But they show this little old lady, she's 102 and she gets in her car and she's roaring down the freeway <laughs> and she's involved in seven different charities. Talk about sense of purpose. Huge. They interview this guy, Bob. They watch him building his fence. He's 90. 92 or 93 oh. and this is as can be because Bob says no he doesn't want to use a contractor because the contractor wanted to charge him $300 more than it would cost him <coughs> so he decides to build his fence himself and says as can be except that Bob is found in surgery the next day and they show open heart surgery and they zoom back and they said but Bob is not in surgery he's not being surgery is not being performed on him Bob is the surgeon sure. he performs 20 open heart surgeons surgeries per month <laughs> steady <What>? hands <laughs> So, if we take a look at all of that stuff, it's very simple stuff. They don't have all these intolerances and issues that we've got. They just don't. They just they live a very natural lifestyle. And in an ideal world, that's where we should all be living, is in small communities, also supporting each other, their family and friends around, having a sense of purpose, mm -hmm. moving naturally and eating a plant-based, whole food plant-based mm -hmm. diet. We don't. We live in big cities and we live in towns and we live in these shops and there's stress and tomorrow we don't know whether we're going to march, get bombed, 
who's what's we don't know whether it's going to be peaceful we don't know what's you could lie awake all night thinking and worrying about it at the end of the day there's only one thing we can do is actually pray because it's mm -hmm. out of our control i actually wrote a book called take control there are three things you can control you can control whether or not you exercise you can control what goes in your mouth and you can control your relationship with your creator it's all you can control. You cannot control the government. You can vote, but hey, man, we all voted. And look, cake the labels, yeah. no. <laughs> we, can, we can't control the weather. The wind can blow and blow things, things over. We, you know, you can't control the mosquitoes. Well, you could if you put a mosquito net over you, but, you know, flies. There's just so many things you can't control. And you can lie in bed at night worrying about all of this stuff, or you can just say, I can be healthy. I can be fit. And I can have a great relationship with my Creator and be spiritually well. Mm. And when we do that, it makes a big difference. So that's the starting place. Now we can get into all the intricacies based on this research. And you know what was rewarding for me? There was that big study, and then there was the biggest nutritional study ever done in the world today called the China Study. It was done on over a million people over 30 years. Dr. Colin Campbell headed the research. He's a nutritional biochemist from Cornell University. He was a professor emeritus. He's retired, but he still speaks. He's in his 80s. He suffered from um, um, it was mercury poisoning from something that he was involved mm. in. The guy he worked with is dead now, but he got a slight speech impediment from it, but he changed his diet drastically. He promoted a very much a, an animal-based diet because he was raised on a dairy farm. Mm. He went and studied how to feed animals to make them grow very quick. And so he knows what animals are fed and... And then in doing studies on animal health, he was in the Philippines with a colleague who was doing studies on humans, children, and finding they couldn't figure out why poor children had so much less liver cancer than the, the wealthy children. Mm. Because the wealthy children ate much better, but more than that, the poor children were exposed to a lot of aflatoxin, because aflatoxins from mold mm. and grains and are not stored properly. Grains and plant food don't get stored properly. They get this mold on them. Peanuts, for example, legumes will get it. And then this aflatoxin is supposed to be the number one cause of liver cancer in small children because they're not mm. drinking alcohol, they're not smoking. They couldn't figure it out. The wealthy kids had way more and they were exposed to way less aflatoxin. Mm. They said, what is the problem then? So they took the diets these kids on, fed them exactly the same thing to two rats. Not two rats, two mm. groups of rats. And they found that the one that ate the rich kids diet all got liver cancer. And these ones here got very little liver cancer. Mm -hmm. And then they tweaked it. They said, what if we reduce the amount of protein in the rich kids diet in the rats? And they brought it down to below 5% and all the tumors stopped growing. Wow. No wow. more. And then they increased the, the, the animal protein. And about animal protein, we're just talking whey powder from cow's milk. Sure. Mm. was casein actually from cheese yeah, from mm. so they increased it and tumors started to grow hugely in these mice so they, and then they lowered it in this group and the tumors stopped and they increased it in fact as Dr. Colin Campbell said you can actually switch cancer on and off mm. Mm. now we know in South Africa one out of two men will get cancer one out of three women will get cancer you may not die from it but you, you, those are the statistics in South Africa it's one of the major killers of children in this country is cancer. So everybody knows somebody's either got cancer, dying of it, going through the treatment, recovered from it, in remission. We all know somebody. We've all got a grandparent or my father died of liver and pancreatic cancer. My father-in-law died of lung cancer. Um, Mark's mother died of diabetes. 
just totally uncontrolled blood sugar at 69, she was gone. So we don't have Mark, when I knew him, he was 19 years old, his blood pressure was 160 over 110. Both parents, both sets of grandparents were on blood pressure medication. When he went to the army, they said this really dates him too. He went to the army. <laughs> they said, we can't insure you, you're uninsurable. In those days they could say that, you can't do that anymore. Anyway, when Mark and I got married, one of the first things I said to him is caffeine pushes up blood pressure. Mm. Let's just take the caffeine out. Big coffee drinker. He'd open his eyes and he'd have to have coffee and he would drink tea all day long. Stop the caffeine. Um, had an arbitrary cup of tea every now and again. His blood pressure came down, but not enough, but it came down a lot. He still didn't want to take the medication because when the doctor put it on, I said to him, read the insert. One of the side effects is no libido or reduced libido. And we hadn't been married that long, and he said, frankly, I'd rather die of a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, he just, to him, he just wasn't going to take. One of the major side effects of um, blood pressure medication is diabetes. And with Mark's mom, she had had high blood pressure for many years, mm. and then eventually developed the diabetes, and then she was on medication for that, and she got the enlarged heart, and she was on antidepressants, mm. and anti-anxiety, and sleeping tablets, and anti-nausea, and eventually, by the time she died, it's 11 different kinds of medication yeah. all interacting. Yeah. And I am not anti-medicine at any point, Dr. Quinn. <laughs> I think doctors, we need them, especially when we're in accidents. If I'm in a car accident, I don't need a glass of carrot juice. I need a doctor. <laughs> Stitch me up, put some blood back in me. You know, just whatever you need to do, keep me alive. They need it. But we have abused the system, and it's our fault because we fed something that's become a monster, which is out of control because now pharmaceutical companies are the richest companies in the world. They're in the mm -hmm. top companies in every single country on the stock exchange you look at the stock exchange around the world the top 10 companies mm -hmm. you'll always find three or four pharmaceutical companies mm -hmm. and we will pop pills america is the worst honestly mm -hmm. i got called to speak to a young couple assistant pastors of uh, youth pastors at a church both in the early 30s a little child that had health issues please come and talk please come and help us with that child i sat down i said what's your health like because if your child's got a health issue what's your health like yeah what's your diet like no world there they're under stress and your pastor's and you're under stress, okay. All right, you're under stress. We're both on anti-anxiety medication, okay. Mm -hmm. And Well, our marriage is under stress because we basically fall out, out of love with each other. So give me an insert of your medication. Both on the same stuff. So have you read these? No, you haven't. So do you know that one of these things in here is lack of libido? You haven't actually fallen out of love. You are drugged yeah. so that your body is not being... You're not seeking any physical intimacy with your partner. You're not out of love. But they have a Starbucks in their church. And when they go in there, they have Starbucks. They eat livid Starbucks and have coffee all day. And you're talking about careful and caffeine. There's a psychoactive drug. It is classed. I have a library of books on psychoactive drugs. Heroin, cocaine, marijuana. Um, caffeine falls into that group. It has its own little book. It can cause genetic mutations. Mm -hmm. It actually, what it does is it, it um, is similar in structure to something called adenosine, which is a chemical that we need in the body to calm your central nervous system down. So you've got your nerve receptor cells and adenosine will lock into that and calm your body down. Caffeine similar in structure. And when you're drinking it all day long, it just rushes to those sites and instead of calming it down, it makes your nerve cells fire very rapidly. So you're very alert and you feel like you're remembering things because you're so alert, but we know that caffeine actually has a negative effect on your short-term memory. So it's the worst thing you can do when you're studying. 
you feel like you're alert and you're retaining everything. Get in the exam room and you can't remember anything. You're like, oh my word, I need coffee. <laughs> it's not going to bring it back. Yeah. We know that it can cause genetic. It can cause genetic mutations. We know that it can do that. Caffeine does it. Can cause genetic mutations, and we know that that can be a precancerous condition. Mm. We, I, my own sister, was on a famous diet in South Africa. One of these diets where you're measuring calories today. They call them points. Mm. And on those diets, you're always allowed to drink copious quantities of coffee as long mm-hmm. as it's black. Mm-hmm. So she was just drinking lots of black coffee. And then she kept threatening miscarriage with the baby. So they mm-hmm. put a stitch in to keep the baby. And when he was born, his legs were very short. He had only one testicle. He had sure. no upper palate. He had a double pat- cleft palate. Oh, no top lip. His head, instead of being rounded, was flat mm-hmm. on top. And he lived for four mm-hmm. days. And they said, we can operate on him. He might live for 11 years and... He'll be in hospital most of his life. He wow. just took the decision to let nature take its course, and he died after four days. She's never acknowledged that it's what caused the problem, but they went for genetic counselling. They couldn't. There's no history of it mm. anywhere, but I know that caffeine can cause genetic mutations, and they said this was a genetic mutation. They didn't know what it was. Mm. Anyway, so... I'm not going to get, we don't need to get depressed. The good news is that your body is incredibly forgiving. If I look at the human body, I understand God's forgiveness because I met a guy who was in his 80s, okay? His hands were like claws. He was like shuffling like this. His knees refused. And he came and he said, it's too old for me to change. I said, it's never too old for you to change. He said, I've done everything. I'm on methotrexate, which is like a chemotherapy drug they're giving to people. Now they found out that one of the side effects benefits of methotrexate is that it stops inflammation in the joints so they give it to people with arthritis but it's a hectic drug he have had gold injections i've had this i've had that i have full-time physiotherapist she comes to my house every day i said okay let's try changing your diet let's increase the amount of plant food let's get out the processed food stop Mm -hmm. the caffeine two months later he came in there and he walked and his knees were he was still walking like an older person but his knees were bending, and he said, look at my hands. Mm. He said, I can't tell you. The physiotherapist doesn't know. She said she's never seen anything like this. And he said, I'm driving the car again. I haven't been able to drive the car for a couple of years. Oh. Mm. I've seen amazing things, and it's not because I am amazing. I am not amazing. I've just learned that if I treat my body the way it was designed to be mm. tre- treated and fed, and when I say treated, that is exercise and sunlight and rest and all of these <coughs> things. Mm. that are really important, that your body just responds and starts to work properly. Mm. There's very few conditions. I don't think I've found one condition that people haven't responded well. Even my dad, when he was dying of liver cancer, he didn't, I mean, I didn't know what I now know, but I was giving him freshly extracted juices because it was all he could tolerate. His body was literally, his liver apparently, it was literally breaking up inside. Mm -hmm. His body was in such a bad state. And he, he eventually, he had to take him to hospice because they put him on morphine and he was so confused he got up and he peed in the corner of the room because he didn't know where he was. And the mm. next day he peed in the glass of orange juice. Oh. <laughs> okay, we're going to, we to hospice. And I, they literally massaged him to death. They just helped people relax. And my father passed on and he was only 57. Mm. I mean, I've outlived my father. Mark's outlived his father. Because we changed his genetic predisposition is for high blood pressure. Mine is more low. I have 90 over 60. My blood pressure has never been up a day in its life. Yeah. Dr. Walker from the Medical Research Institute said, your heart will last a million years with blood pressure like that. Mm-hmm. There's no stress. Mm-hmm. 
But I had the allergies and the hay fever and the bipolar disorder and other things that were wrong with me. And when we live correctly, we don't have any of these problems. Mm. We have more energy than people half our, our ages. We exercise. We started riding the, our bikes a couple of years ago and entered the Argus and then the half an August and then the no August. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> up on the August. We want to get under five hours. And then he marks us, I want to go for a sub three when we've done under five hours. But uh, we still want to enter triathlons. And have you heard about the Iron Nun at 92? She started running at 53. At 92, she's doing triathlons. Yeah. Wow. Iron Nun, check her out on YouTube. She's amazing. Wow. Amazing. It's a Nike have done a whole series of people that are doing amazing things, and she's <laughs> the oldest triathlete in the world. Yeah. Sure. Oh, wow. So there's just like our bodies are capable of so much, and there's so mm. much, there's so much we can do. And I don't want to give you a whole long list of no-nos tonight. I really don't want to do that. I really want to encourage you that if you eat naturally and whole food, your body will respond. We actually developed a program about 8 or 10 years ago. I think it's over 20,000 people have done this program now called 100 Days to Health. It's free. You just go online, you sign up, and every day you get, <clears throat> every week you get instructions for that week. Week one, your instructions are, Eat some raw fruit or vegetables before you eat anything else. So if you're going to have breakfast and you're having bacon and eggs, or you're going to go have a wimpy breakfast, you are going to have an apple or a carrot or a banana, or some raw fruit or vegetables. It doesn't matter. I don't care what it is. Like one woman said to me, my son, my son doesn't eat any fruit or vegetables. I said, where is your son? She said, standing over there. I said, how old is he? She said, 19. He looked like a big cow and his skin was pale and flabby. Mark, why don't you open that door a little bit there? And I went up to him and I said, you've got to find one fruit and one vegetable you'll eat. He mm. said, I thought a while, he said, I'll eat cucumber and I'll eat watermelon. Yeah, I said, yeah. fine, eat cucumber Sorry. before you eat anything else. And if there's no watermelon in season, just eat cucumber. <laughs> I have people tell me I don't like avas. I don't like this. And after a couple of years, they actually start to enjoy, they actually start to enjoy fruit and vegetables. I would never eat beetroot. And now I eat it as long as it's roasted or in a juice with some ginger mm-hmm. and carrots. Then I'll eat it. I never liked it. I figured out I didn't like the beetroot because it was in, it was in vinegar. Who came up with it? That's what people like pickles. My husband loves them. I don't. Um, but you, I think the most powerful tool you've got is to listen to your body. Your body actually tells you what it wants. My body told me it wanted sugar. I have a hyperactive brain that's just... I can get by with very little sleep. But I'm a really calm person when I don't put sugar in me or caffeine. Mm. When I put sugar in, I'm not pretty, and that's what caused my bipolar disorder. My blood sugar would shoot up, overproduce mm. insulin, bring it back down, then I'd go into the state of reactive hyperglycemia, which is the area of the brain that controls the frontal area of the brain that controls moral behavior, planning, and thought, and mm. shuts down what takes over the primitive area of the brain. Mm. Primitive area controls appetite, sexual function, and aggression. Some woman that I met. She's a lovely Christian lady, went to church with three kids, happily married, but she said, there's this weird thing that happens to me. I disappear for a weekend and I wake up in another town in another man's bed and I don't know how I got there or what happened. The reactive hyperglycemia, you have what's called blackout, which happens when you consume so much alcohol that your body can't actually make memories. I've recently discovered what's actually happening is your body can't make memories, so you remember nothing. She doesn't know how she got there and she said, I'm been for prayer, I've been for counseling, I don't know what's wrong with me. Yeah. I said, 
And I said to her, do you, do you drink alcohol? She said, I don't touch it. I said, do you love sugar? She said, I'm an absolute sugar addict. Sugar and alcohol will do the same thing mm. to the brain in some people. Mm. So it was me, I trashed the house. My, my father would drink alcohol and trash the house. Not every day. It wasn't every day I trashed the house. You never knew when it was going to happen. Some silly little thing. Some silly thing, like your underwear had been put straight in your cupboard, would just make you strip and then you would just behave like a lunatic. It's not everybody does it. Some people end up with, when your blood sugar does this, instead of being nice and stable, you can either have reactive hyperglycemia, you can be attention deficit disorder, it can affect your hormonal system, you could have weight issues, you could have bowel issues, you could have reproductive issues, you could have muscle tone issues, you could have all kinds, your, your hormonal system actually controls everything in your body. It's nothing that's involved in lung function, liver function, kidney function, heart function, skin function, hair function hair growth, nails, everything improves when your hormonal system starts working properly. And the things that do that is a whole natural diet, as does exercise, sunlight, natural fats. All these things help this whole amazing system work properly. And the other system that won't work as well as it should is the immune system. And we know with diabetics, if their blood sugar is uncontrolled, they have serious immune problems. They get sick really easily. So some people can just be sickly. Some people are not crazy when they have sugar. Some are just sickly. Some are overweight and some are crazy and a whole lot of other things in between <laughs> so what do we do on the 100 days to help i'll tell you what to do and i did it as a 100 days to help because i'm sitting talking to you as well and i'm thinking if people want to get well now they're so desperate because for years you've had a problem or months or weeks you've got this problem you want to get better now but you've got to get a level of understanding that you know what you're doing and it's not complicated. Believe me, if somebody's making it complicated, run a mile. It's not about your blood group or your hair color or your eye color or eating <laughs> cheese and liver all day long. We're not designed to eat animal products all day long. If we were, the longest living communities would be those people that ate like Tim Noakes does. Tim Noakes developed full-blown type 2 diabetes after he changed his diet to the one that he's on now. He's now in metformin to control his blood. And I know because he wrote to me. He said, I'm doing this. I said, I'm telling this, you're crazy. Don't do this. Mm. I said, between your junk food diet and a high-protein, high-fat diet, there's a whole lot of other things you can try yeah. before you go there. No, he was doing this because he lost 15 kilograms. And often that's the driving force yeah, that drives people. I've lost weight. Yeah. Weight loss yeah. does not make you healthy. 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 I think mm. one of the slimmest, most beautiful women that this country ever produced was a woman called Barbara Barnard, Chris mm. Barnard's wife. Mm. It really dates me again. <laughs> but she has really good-looking sons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she never had an extra ounce of fat on her body. Beautiful, long, straight hair, this exquisite face. She was like a model. She just was like looked gorgeous in anything. She was like yeah. South African royalty to us. Everybody wanted to know what she was doing. She was 42 when she died of breast <gasps> cancer. So being slim doesn't make you healthy automatically. Mm. So week one, you eat some raw fruit or vegetables before you eat anything else. And that's because we need antioxidants. We need alkaline forming food. We need to be, I teach you about how to listen to your body. When you're craving salty things, you usually need more fat in your diet. Mm -hmm. Craving sweet things, you normally need more fruit in your diet. That's the starting place, but I teach you how to do that. It's very easy. you just got to listen. We don't listen. Do you know that when you sigh at the, while you're eating, have you ever been conscious of the fact that you, as you're eating, have you ever mm -hmm. consciously heard, felt, and if you haven't, listen for it, watch it. And that's your body telling you you've had enough. Sure. And how many of us eat past that? <laughs> <laughs> Most of us. Like, oh, 
I want some more. It's like you're halfway through your plate. No, no, I want some more. But if I actually listen to it, I actually have had enough. And that's when the Japanese do. They stop when they're 80% full. That side comes when you're 80% full. You go past that, you start to feel uncomfortable. You have mm. digestive problems. Mm. So there's just these little things that, that your body sends you these signals. We don't get printouts, but we get more. Mm-hmm. Craving for sweet, craving for salty, I'm tired, I need to sleep. I don't need three cups of coffee in a row. I need to go and sleep. Yeah. You have three cups of coffee to keep you going, and then you have suffer from adrenal exhaustion or something. Mm. So week one is raw before cooked, and I give you all these dips and things so that you've got something to dip your raw stuff into. You can take celery and tomatoes and put some hummus on top of it or cashew mayonnaise and... You can just enjoy your raw food. And then you get a recipe, you get a cluster of recipes on that day of instruction, somewhere between five and seven recipes. And then every day you get a quick, easy recipe, all the stuff that we've done here, quick and easy, affordable, very affordable. There's nothing fancy, you don't have to have superfoods. Mm. You seriously don't need goji berries. If you can afford them (laughs) in your life, then go ahead and eat them. (laughs) You don't need to have cranberries in your diet. You can just eat berries, cake gooseberries or strawberries. Try and grow your own because you know they're not sprayed. Do I live in organic produce? Gee, I wish I could. Yeah. It's not enough produced in this country for me to live on it. I can't produce enough out of my garden. I'm producing loads of spinach. grows like a weed. <laughs> and cake gooseberries. And I've got granadillas. And I've got olives. And I've got tomatoes. And sometimes I've got loads of fennel as well. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it just depends. If I had to live just on organic produce, I really would starve to death. There's just not enough variety and not enough available. And I'm not prepared to pay double the price. Mm. 10% more at a push, but really I think it should be cheaper because it's less effort, mm. less cost. Mm. So, and then you get a recipe every day, quick and easy, quick things. Seriously, I don't really like more than five ingredients in something. Seldom that there's more than five ingredients. <coughs> One of the reasons I blended all the salts together like that, because there's like, seven or eight different herbs in the green one and there's about six or seven in the white one and another five or six in the red one and that's great on mushrooms and spinach and cabbage and cauliflower and the green one's great on everything especially if you like italian food and if you love garlic the garlic and herb salt without the loads of garlic because garlic can affect your thyroid gland it's got a lot of mustard oil in it can slow down thyroid function doesn't do it with everybody it just does it with some people I wondered, I looked at the Italians, I thought, maybe that's what happens. They start off nice and slim. But it's the garlic and the gluten, they eat a lot of bread as well. It can all affect your thyroid. But you find the stuff as you go along. On the 100 days we talk about it. But I try and give you an inspirational quote, a little health tip, like three or four lines of something. Occasionally it'll be a bit more than that, but usually we have very short attention spans these days and a short recipe. So you've got no excuse. You can print the stuff out, put it in the file and go back to the beginning and watch it all over again. You can do all of that. Or you can just follow it as it comes in your box. And if you don't want to move on to the next step, the next step is start walking, moving for five minutes every single day at the same time. And I tell you, don't do more than five minutes. Do five minutes every day at the same time because you're trying to get a habit. Mm. It's very easy to go to the gym for two hours and you can't walk for two weeks. Mm. <laughs> yeah. When you've got the habit of doing it at the same time every day, then you start to increase it. So then we mm. go to seven and a half mm. or ten minutes. and then you go. To t- it's slow. You can't just get healthy overnight. You didn't get unhealthy overnight. It was slow. Mm. And then it becomes permanent. Slow is permanent. Quick means you give up after two weeks. And that's yeah. why I don't want to give you a list of can't eat this, can't eat this. I want you to learn to listen to your body. 
Mm. And I want you to put a hole, and there's certain things you shouldn't have on many people that have problems, like any health issues. One of the things is gluten can cause problems. Dairy product, definitely at the top of them. Dairy products and sugar are the two top things, and then I'd say preservatives up there too. But some people are gluten intolerant, and there's lots of things that you can have without gluten. Some people, you know, okay, let's take caffeine for example. Some people, nothing happens to them. You get jittery, so do I. I can't sleep. I, Mark was drinking one cup of tea a day, and he had pull over the one day in the traffic because he was having a panic attack. And I said, Mark, you're going to have to stop the key. No, one cup of tea doesn't do it. I said, that's the only caffeine you're having, and I know caffeine causes panic attacks. No way. My own daughter, my oldest daughter, started drinking coffee. She said, I was woke up at 4 o'clock this morning and I was worrying about some irrelevant thing. And I'm like looking at her and I'm thinking, she's drinking coffee. Oh, mom, why is it always going to be food? Take the caffeine out and see what happens. Panic attacks will go. Anyway, it's, it's simple, it's easy, but take it slow. Week two, what do we do? We exercise. Week three, it's something else. And as you go along, I slowly introduce some natural essential fatty acids. I, I, I recommend the ones I take because they work. It's got organic flax and sesame and sunflower and olive oil in it in exactly the right quantities. I've seen the best changes in it. The barley grass use, juice I use is the one that's the most nutritious. Why am I going to go and take the real thing that's actually just ground up barley grass and the guy I've been trying for the last eight years to get the nutritional profile, and he, he just never phones back. I get the bar says me, me every time I phone. So I think he's got a business that's being recorded, or just to raise it. <laughs> but it sounds to me like they're doing filling containers in the garage. That's what it sounds like when I phone because he never phones back. But I've seen people go from the real thing onto the body life, and they've seen phenomenal improvements because the stuff has grown to just the right height with the nutrient content. It's the, the company's owned by a farmer, a Japanese farmer of American, he was born in America. His parents were from Japan, they got there in the Second World War. And um, he's really careful about how he grows everything. So he's, he's found out scientifically when the nutrients are at the highest, then they harvest it. Sure. Then they spray dry it at room temperature. Oh, they harvest it at night so that they, they used to harvest it at peak midday because the antioxidant levels were the highest. But they found that even a short distance to the processing plant where they extract mm. the juice was too much. So they found that harvesting at night. Now they've developed a machine that actually harvests at night and extracts the juice in the harvesting machine. <laughs> I mean, you couldn't get more nutrition and you see the difference. You really see the difference. We had a young guy, I said to him, take this barley line. It's going to stop your acne. Give it five days. Five days later, you're rising. Not a spot on his face. He said, I didn't believe you in the beginning. Company even guarantees money back after 30, 30 days if you, if you had no improvements in your health. Why do I recommend it? Because everybody's taking supplements of some kind and they're all confused. They're taking handfuls of stuff and peeing it straight into the toilet. And like we found, 92 to 90 to 100%. So between 2 and 8% is what you can use in a supplement. Mm -hmm. But in a plant extract, that's a juice. Juicing is one of the best ways to get nutrients into you. If you can afford to grow your own barley grass and juice it every morning, go ahead. I don't have the time or inclination. Mm -hmm. And when you travel, it's so easy. Just They even make a dried beet juice, beetroot juice and a dried carrot mm -hmm. juice, which is fantastic. You don't have to take them. I, I take them every morning and I find that they work fantastically for us. But that's just because I don't have the time or inclination to juice every day. And I actually have a restaurant where we have juicing machines. 
and I don't have the time or inclination, and it's convenient. And then I take um, essential fatty acids. I take this omega capsule every morning because your body needs a perfect balance of omega 3s to 6s. And we really just get confused. We don't know how enough, and then we crave salty things and we're needing fats. And I found that when I started taking that, I stopped craving cheese. I was a big cheese addict. Mm. <coughs> My tonsils are removed at four. Dr. Matala at the Red Cross Children's Hospital tells you the number one cause of tonsils being removed in tonsillitis is dairy intolerance. Well, let's take out your tonsils because God was so stupid he put tonsils in your throat. They shouldn't be there. In the first line of defense in the body, they actually grow your white blood cells into big babies, into big soldiers. We whip them out and we take out the appendix, which does the same thing. Inflammation, main, main cause of that inflammation, inflammatory response is dairy products. So, 100 days, that's where I'd start with all of you. If any of you have any other problems, you can email me with pleasure. Mm. I have an assistant who's a qualified dietitian. Should we call her the disillusioned dietitian? <laughs> she says, you know, in all the years that I studied, she's a BC in dietetics, in all the years that I worked in the hospital, I never learned how to make people healthy or keep them healthy. Yeah. All I learned was how many grams of protein they need. Mm. It's called... Uh, reductionism, you're reducing everything to just yeah. nutrients. Yeah. And we're not just about grams of fat, grams of protein yeah. and stuff. We're about exercise, sunlight, community, believing mm. in a higher power, and whole foods. And that's what you've eaten tonight. And that looks to me, if I'm looking at your plates, it's pretty delicious. Mm. <laughs> you didn't eat your crusts. You're saving it. Good. So what I've done over the years, I've developed a whole range of products, food products, which I started off making our power balls, which we called halva balls, which is dates, raisins, and tahini. And we roll it in sesame seeds. Mm. And they're like, if you love, like the halva taste, that like yeah. peanut butter, tahini taste, you'll love power balls. Power balls. Power balls, because we found that have you got something, you got them, you yeah. cut them up. She's cut them up. Oh, yeah. The ones with the sesame seeds are. And then I w I've always loved Turkish Delight, mm. and now we even have Turkish Delight dipped in carob. I don't use chocolate because it's got caffeine in it, and caffeine stimulates the central nervous system when it shouldn't. And it can cause, it's an endocrine disruptor, it can cause hormonal problems. So is we don't use caffeine, there's none in carrot. Is that in cocoa? Like a cocoa it's in cocoa, actually. it's in raw cacao, it's in organic cocoa. Mm. It, it doesn't matter, it's, ca it's caffeine, it's in green tea. Green tea and normal salon tea are from the same plant. The one just has fresh green leaves of it, the other one's fermented leaves. Mm. And caffeine's in the leaf. So when you stop caffeine, we do it on the 100 days for health, but I tell you, these are the side effects. Nausea, insomnia, headaches, irritability. You chase everybody out of the house for three to five days and you'll be fine. And green tea? It's got caffeine like in it. So stop green tea as well. It's got the same amount of caffeine in as black tea. It's exactly the same. Which same tea Roy you drink? Rooibos. is fine if you like it. My favorite tea. You don't tea. like rooibos. I hate rooibos. I hate rooibos. My <laughs> favorite tea. It's a bit expensive because it actually comes from America, but I love it. It costs about five rand a tea bag. Maybe six rand a tea bag these days. But I have it, and it's my treat. It's called aloe blossom tea. Hmm. And it tastes like Christmas cake in a cup. <laughs> it's got cinnamon and cloves and orange peel and 
Oh my word, you don't have any aloe blossom tea here, do you? Zara? Oh my yeah, word, that's so, amazing. You can just smell the bag. I pass it around. The customers come to the shop and I say, just smell this bag. Yeah. And that's it. Give me a box. <laughs> so like, this is okay. And it's got Jamnina sylvestra in it, which is a plant that stabilizes blood sugar. It's used as a diabetic supplement. Yeah. Um, and they put that in the tea, and the last mouthful of that cup is always sweet. It's like, whoops. That was nice. Mm -hmm. You want more because you want to get that sweet taste, but it's that Geneva Sylvester. It kind of sinks to the bottom of the sure, cup. Sure. And it's just, it's it's lovely. It helps you sleep at night because it stabilizes your blood sugar. Mm -hmm. sure. So, um, mm -hmm. the, I've developed products, uh, apples that are dipped in honey and then rolled in cinnamon and almonds, oh, apple rings. And then people said to me, when I bite into the apple ring, it's so messy. So I said, well, we'll make apple munchies. Mm. The lady makes them, calls them apple munchies. Abigail. So, and that's nice to just sit and snack and you won't mess all over your car. And then there's cashew and date fudge, which has been dipped in carob. Carob does have fructose in it. It's not high fructose corn syrup, it's fructose. I explained all of that on the website. High fructose corn syrup is what's in Coca-Cola. It's so it's got glucose and fructose in it. It's mm. very similar to sucrose. Structure is like a five percent difference. <gasps> I'm even getting no. I'm, <laughs> there won't be enough. You have them. No, 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 we've got more in the fridge. Oh. That one at Seattle, like Marianne's carrot. Malted carrot. Is that good? Because I always delicious. have it, so it's good for you. That is <laughs> absolutely delicious. Is this the power? How malted carrots are yeah, Unbelievable, and they make it really well. They make it better than we do. Really they froth the soy milk in it. So. I'm intolerant to soy milk. No. I can have it probably once a year, but if I have it every day for a week, I start getting like snotty and chesty. And oh, that's nice. But you can use other milk. You can make almond milk. You can use rice milk. Yeah. Just that the, the, the soy milk froths better. So you're all The products are available. And you may wonder why I didn't bring you any, because it's all available online. Mm. <laughs> and what we've done is, over the years, I mean, my first book came out in 1991. And um, over the years, people have bought books and handed them to friends, and then they buy our products and they give them as gifts. And we've got such a loyal customer base. Mm. And we, we went into pick and pay some years back and we were giving them 30% discount and then they were asking for a confidential a re mm. rebate of 18% and then we'd have to pay sales and merchandising 20% mm. and delivery was... You started adding up all of that stuff, like nearly 70% of the product was actually just going... We ended up losing... In 18 months, we lost a million rand. Mm. Customers would eat the product and they would just send back the half-eaten container and we'd say... Where you can't do this, you must pay us. And then we'd be haggling with the woman sitting in the accounts department. Mm. And if you've got 400 stores all doing that, it's very easy to run at a huge loss. Yeah. We ended up taking it out of our bond. So at the end of the day, we decided to sell our products online. We sell it in some shops, very few shops. A couple of wellness warehouse has some of our products, not all of them. Um, Seattle Coffee has our malted carob, which is like a Milo kind of a drink coming into yes. winter again. Mm. But it's very nice as an ice drink in mm. summer. Oh my word, oh. it's delicious. Oh, dear. Yeah, put it in with ice and. Can you buy that online? Yes, yeah, you buy it online, and we deliver it to your front door. Mm. And here's the thing: instead of giving pick and pay thirty percent and losing a million rand in eighteen months. We have developed a loyalty rewards program, like my bank does, APSA. Mm. APSA. They give us a loyalty reward. They give us between 1% and 5% back. I get 
5% back, but only on Cecil petrol. <laughs> and between yeah. 1% and 2% back on other things. <coughs> and it's nice to get a couple of hundred rand back every month from the bank. I'm like, hey, free money. Mm. <laughs> and I put it in my savings mm. account. But because our customers are so loyal, <coughs> and they go and tell their friends, and they go and tell their friends, mm. and they tell their friends, I'm a weirdo. Okay. <coughs> I'm talking too much. <laughs> we give you back 9% for sure. the following month. If you buy products, you get back 9% if you spend more than 500 Rand. Sure. If you tell your friends, you get 7% on what they buy. <coughs> Even if they don't spend 500 Rand, you get That's back amazing. money. You get 5%, And you can go on and look at the Royalty Rewards calculator and you say, I want to earn 10,000 Rand, what I need to do. Tell five people who tell five people who tell five people who tell five people get 15,000 Rand. Wow. But that's what we've done. What's in the Turkish delight? It's made from uh, corn, corn flour. Okay. And corn flour is okay. Corn flour is okay. So I think it's organic one, yeah. It's not um, GMO. Oh. It's corn, yeah. it's not GMO. It's corn flour. It's um, rose water. It's natural beet coloring. And then it's rolled in corn flour as well. Oh. And then we re dip it in. You know, I don't eat Turkish delight because it's the most nutritious thing for me to eat. But I eat it because it's a healthier treat. Mm -hmm. It's a healthier option. If I'm going to eat something for nutritional benefit on that plate, I'm most likely to eat those power balls. Mm, that's my favorite. I travel with those. I like the cheese. That's the So good. Which one is it? It's these. Oh, that's the apple that's been rolled. It's did we dip it in honey and roll it in almond and cinnamon that we dehydrated. Yeah. I can eat a whole container of this. I just flatten them. I just put it on my desk in the car and I'm like, the next thing I have to eat. No, cornflour. It's made by a traditional Turkish lady for us. It's a maltitol, which is like sorbitol. Xylitol? Yes. Same thing as xylitol. I'll be so happy. I won't try the code. I'm do I do anything for my low blood pressure? Absolutely nothing. I want to keep my it's low good, blood pressure. Yeah. It means I'm not putting any pressure. But people with low blood pressure are likely to suffer from low blood sugar if their diet is not ideal. Mm -hmm. So the things that help you with, if you have the two together, then you get the dizziness when you stand up. Yeah. Low blood pressure, I have not had dizziness. I'm not tired. I have super energy. I need less sleep than I've ever had. Blood pressure is 90 over 60. When Marx was taken when he was knocked off his bike, it was 100 over 70. And they were like, Mm. His blood pressure is so low for a man of his age. Never seen this. I said, you're a vegetarian. Oh, no, said the paramedics. Vegetarians have lower blood pressure. You're fine. Out you go. <laughs> <laughs> now, the paramedics know that blood, vegetarians' blood pressure is lower. So why don't vegetarian? the doctors? Why don't the doctors, when you go to them, your blood pressure is too high, say you shouldn't be eating meat? There's something in it called arachidonic acid. It's a fatty acid. It's functional. Mm. That fatty acid is to push up your blood pressure. Mm. And your body can make it if it's too low. Mm. Your body will make arachidonic acid from natural fats, from flax oil and um, sesame and sunflower and all these natural oils in our diet that aren't processed. Mm. So you can raise and you can control your blood pressure. Your body converts natural fats into arachidonic acid. It's actually omega-6s that are converted into it. Mm. 
So, <clears throat> but when you eat animal products, you're getting in a huge amount of lactic acid. You can't control it. Your body must convert it when it needs it. Now you're just getting it in there. So that'll push it up. So when you stop eating animal products, your blood pressure is going whoop all the way down. Do you guys not eat red meat and then fish because you can't get good quality fish? Is it the same no, thing for fish? At this and, point, yeah. we've been completely vegan for eight years. Yeah. And vegetarian, we stopped eating all animal flesh 20 years ago. Chill. Sure. Including fish. Including fish. And we only ate, Mark ate fish about three years after we changed him and the girls. We all sat down, we're going to, okay, we're going to eat fish if it's caught fresh in the sea. We were mm. up in Joburg mm. and he was running a restaurant up in Joburg and there was fresh fish caught that morning, flown up 11 o'clock at the airport. We had it for lunch. We sat down and I got this whiff from the plane. I'm like, yeah. I can't do this. <laughs> and they all had it. My whole family, all three daughters and mom were constipated for three days. Really? Oh, it's just flesh. Yeah. Anyway, that was sure, interesting. interesting. He said, that's the last time I do that. <clears throat> he didn't eat fish another time yeah. after that, just to be polite. And, yeah. and, and, and he, he couldn't finish it because it was so, he found it was so dry in his mouth. Mm. But it was just a strange texture. We haven't eaten eggs for about eight years. Mark you and I became vegan <laughs> as we got older because we found that our joints didn't respond well to animal products. Mm. And I found I got hot flashes, mild ones. When I was going through the menopause, hot flashes... And waking up in the middle of the night. Yeah, that's it. And so I found that even if I had a little bit of organic cheese, it would do it to me. Within sure. 20 minutes, I'd just start sweating. Wow. Now the only time I sweat is if doors are closed and there's not enough oxygen. And as it starts to fall, I can just feel my body heat go up. I just become very sensitive. And the other time that my body will get hot is if I need to go to the bathroom. It's a weird thing. Wow. bladder gets full and you suddenly get hot. And like, oh, I need to go to the bathroom. <laughs> it's a weird thing. But it's totally... No, that's normal, yeah. And then with regards to iron, are you on iron supplements? No, not at all. Or where do you get your iron? Or the from? spinach? Leafy greens. No, no. Barley. There isn't one food that you're eating right now that doesn't contain iron. The darker the food is, usually the higher the iron. But you just take something like figs, incredibly high, and I love figs. But mm. there isn't one thing here. I mean, we've got chia seeds and buckwheat there, which is high in iron. <coughs> we know um, that the most common deficiency disease in westernized countries amongst women and children is iron deficiency anemia. Mm -hmm. And western countries are not known for their vegetarian diets. Mm -hmm. Here's the interesting thing. We know that iron deficiency anemia is most common in westernized cultures than it is in rural communities. Mm -hmm. It's very uncommon in the blue zones. It's not it's unheard of. Mm -hmm. We've been taught we have to eat heme iron. <coughs> Another word for heme is blood. Mm. that we must get iron from blood. In other words, we should drink the blood of an animal. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. To get yeah, iron in our bodies, iron. I mean, iron is available in a non-heme iron. It was always seen as, but it's a food industry that's done this. You've got complete protein, which is flesh, mm. and heme iron. So we've got to eat mm. animals to get it, and then you've got incomplete. So it makes you feel it's lesser. Mm. But we know that you need to get amino acids from you need oh, nine, eight, yeah. eight, if you're a fully grown adult, you need eight amino acids that you can't make in your body. But you find them in bananas and dates, all of those amino acids. But if you eat a variety, you're getting all those amino oh, acids. Yeah. And your body's got this, um, like a bank, where you deposit amino acids and draw them out. So if there's too much of one, then you draw it out and you make up complete protein from it. Because your body links these amino acids together to make complete protein. With heme iron, it's from blood. It's actually more difficult for our bodies to use. If we have non-heme iron from plants, it's in every single plant. There's not one that doesn't. It's in tomatoes and apples and bananas, even in smaller amounts, but it's there. 
as long as you have vitamin C naturally in your diet, then you can use all the iron in the food. So our diet is very high raw. It's normally 80 to 90% raw. We personally went on to a raw food diet completely. We decided we're going to do a year on year, my year on raw, and then Mark says he's going to write his first book. Because <laughs> 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 he was involved in the, opening the first Kentucky Fried Chicken in this country. He's a big junk food eater. So for him to write a book, hamburgers and... Never even ate the Kentucky Fried Chicken. So what are you going to eat on a cold winter's night instead of a bowl of soup if it's all raw? Well, that's why we're doing the Year on Health, so we can write and tell everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Having got there. But the interesting thing is when you're on a raw food diet, you don't get cold so easily. Your body temperature is very even. Hot days and cold days, it just don't feel that different. Sure. They really don't feel that different. Um, but you know, I'll drink a aloe blossom tea to warm me up if I really need it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark will have a malted, we'll have malted carrot, we'll have that. Yeah. But um, it's not a religion for us, we're just doing it for as an yeah, experiment. Sure, I mean, yeah. we fasted, yeah. you know, we do fasting to see what it does. And yeah. Fasting improves our, the people that I've seen correct iron deficiency anemia, the one woman's hemoglobin levels was below three. She used to have these terrible menstrual periods. Sorry, I know the guys here, but it was like, <clears throat> would last three weeks, and she said she'd feel like she was actually having an, a miscarriage. <clears throat> she phoned me the one day, she said, Miriam, I'm standing in the bath, and this is blood running down my legs, I don't know what to do. And I said, phone Wolfland Hydro and book him. He's a medical doctor there who believes in helping you with a natural diet. <clears throat> He's your only hope to do this without surgery, without having a hysterectomy. Mm-hmm. She got in a dr- car, drove from KwaZulu Natal all the way to Wachland Hydro, which is between Joburg and Pretoria. Sure. And she booked in and he put her on a fast and monitored her. He has his own lab and does his own blood tests and really scientific about it. <clears throat> At the end of her fast, her hemoglobin levels were 13. Nothing had wow. ever got them up. Nothing. Not injections, not pills, not eating meat, nothing would get them up. The body <clears throat> well, by resting the digestive tract, mm-hmm. the body was able to repair itself and then it's able to absorb nutrients more efficiently. It just wasn't absorbing the nutrients. Mm-hmm. And she's a totally she's totally vegetarian. Every time she ate animal products, she'd start bleeding heavily again. Wow. So the more animal flesh she was eating, the heavier <laughs> she'd bleed. And I found that. I used to have a seven-day heavy painful period and going vegetarian became two to three days light. And vegans find it's even lighter. No pain, nothing. It's not a curse anymore. It's just a, oh, it's that time of the month. Two days. You don't even think about it. It doesn't become an issue. Save lots of money. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's, it's an interesting way to live because you ultimately you find your body repairs itself more efficiently mm. the more you eat like this. Yeah. <clears throat> the food products are there just to help you. You know, you can make most of the stuff yourself, but mm. people want to have like a treat. And when you make it yourself, it's not quite a treat as buying it in a piece of packet that makes a noise. Yeah. <laughs> you make a noise. So what about vitamin B12, which is often the thing that people say vegetarians, vegans are lacking? 40% of meat eaters, vegans and vegetarians suffer from B12 deficiency. 40% across, there was a study done in Australia many years ago. They looked at all the data and they found that 40%, and basically what the conclusion at the end of it was, Looking at all the studies, looking at all the stuff, was at the end of the day, it appears to be a gut issue, mm. not a diet issue. Mm-hmm. And if your gut is unable, if your friendly bacteria are not in the right balance, they're not able to make... Mm. Vitamin B12 is manufactured by... It's actually a, it's actually a, a bacteria, B12. 
Mm. That's what it is. And in fact, if you pull a carrot out of the ground and you t test the carrot like that, just by shaking it clean and not actually washing it, um, <clears throat> there's B12 attached to every single one of those little roots. Sure. It's on dates. It's in a whole lot of things. But in a healthy, a healthy gut environment, you manufacture mm. your own B12. Mm. The people that want you to eat meat will tell you you can only manufacture it in your large intestine. But even if it's only made in your large intestine, if your large intestine is healthy, you can still absorb right, things because okay. you can absorb water. Yeah. And B12 gets absorbed with water. Yeah. When you're constipated, your, your feces are sitting there, not moving because there's not enough fiber, and your body's just absorbing the water, and that gets drier and drier and drier and bigger and bigger. But incidentally, if your stools are thicker than your forefinger, you're constipated. When you eat a plant-based diet, your stools are just like that. Harry Seftel used to say, there must be floaters and they must be thick. <laughs> no. <laughs> but they should sink and be thin like this. And they should Sinkers. be no straining. Sinkers. No, not swimmers. Do <laughs> <laughs> you take a probiotic then? I don't take a probiotic unless I've eaten something that's upset my stomach. So then I have, take a probiotic that's uh, extracted from newborn baby's gut. That's been cultured from that. And people go, ooh. I'm like, well, what, you'd rather take one from a cow's gut? Because that's what you're taking. Most of the probiotics out there are taken from animals. Yeah. I am not an animal. Well, I suppose Homo sapiens could be classed yeah. as an animal. But we are humans. And a newborn baby's gut makes sense because it's perfectly balanced if it's a healthy mm. baby. And it's been cultured on that. And it's the one we've seen when people, children that are autistic take it. Because autistic kids need probiotics. Yeah. One little boy and the mother had him on probiotics, was doing everything she could, gluten-free diet. We changed the probiotic to flora food. And within two weeks, he was speaking in full sentences for the first time in his sure. life. Up until then, it was no, yes. Mm. That was a no eye contact. No eye contact and speaking in full sentences. Flora food, you Flora food, yeah. You, um, it's the same company that makes the Bali Life, which okay. you can buy online as okay. well. Or, um, if you speak to Zara, she'll tell you, you can order it from the company directly. And they send it to you. They're in Joburg. Okay. Um, I'll take quite a lot because I just got stressed with all the kids and everything. So it lasts me a month, but my friend's like two to three months. And how much? Oh, you take composure too for the kids. No. <laughs> <laughs> composure is an amazing product. They make that as well. It's just herbs. And it just makes your body relax. I had a tooth pull. This is my water. It was a... It's not a tooth. Um, no, not a wisdom tooth. Uh, Oh. No root canal. Mm. And I found that my four teeth, I had one, two, three, four here, they were getting more and more sensitive as I got older. And the more I read about it, the more I thought, I don't think I want these things in my mouth. So every year for four years, I had one pulled. And the last one had a root that was hooked like this. And so instead of being a 10 minute process, it became actual surgery for an oh, hour and 10 minutes and sweet. stitches. And my dentist said to me, I know you're not going to take painkillers, but just take whatever it is you take. I went home, I was taking full composure every four hours. And I had no pain. But if I let it go for longer than four hours, I'd start to feel the pain. Sure. And I was totally impressed with it. It just calms your body down, calms all your nerves. And people oh, can't sleep, you oh, take it. And the attention deficit kids it's take it. Hyperactive kids. It's in our first aid kit in the school mm -hmm. in the classroom. <laughs> 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 my kids are like, wild. Is it she has, she has a group of children that are either only children, firstborns, or the youngest. No middle kids in the class. Middle kids are the ones that are man pleasers. They just want everybody to like them, so they just try and help. 
The firstborns, only children are youngest. The youngest think they're just cute and they can get away with murder. The oldest ones are bossy and nasty. And the only kids are self-centered. So yeah. it's like, eh. We've got to, next year, we've got to say we are only accepting little kids. That's it. So they're demanding. They're very demanding. What they're the very, very bright. The problem is when you feed children a really good diet. <laughs> No, actually what happens is when they come there on the weekends, they don't eat as well as they should. They have mm. sugar and it takes them, what is it, like Tuesday, Wednesday, they're nice to behave. Thursday, they're nice Friday night. Monday, we're back to square one. Sure. We have to keep talking to the parents. We don't mm. let them bring any food to the school. Mm. Anyway, yeah, like if you need to any of the order the products or know more, Zara can tell you how to order it. You go online. It's all you need when you order directly from us to become a um, loyalty rewards member is your cell phone number, which becomes your member number. And your email address, and that's it. You put a password in in case you want to look at your back office. If you want to know what order you placed yeah. and stuff like that, so then you just put in your password. It's easy, easy peasy. I told Mark, whatever you do, make sure it's not complicated. Yeah. Because most women hate stuff that takes long. I hate it when people send me newsletters and I've got to click links. There's something interesting there. Click the link, and then if you've got an apple, you watch the little wheel spinning. <laughs> the apple now got a Microsoft goes much faster, but I still am like, I don't have time for this. Delete, <laughs> gone. Yeah. Like just send me the stuff. Let me read it in my box. Yeah. I don't even open the stuff, and I read it in they the box. They the traffic and to the page. Oh. Yeah, but no, no, you must open it so that it can show that you opened the document, so they can get statistics on it. Seriously? No. <laughs> we don't have time for that. Yeah. Have you got any other questions? What are the other things that you said you have a, um, a book on stress? Some yes, other Take Control. I've just recently updated. I actually did a talk for Ogilvy. Ogilvy and Method, the big advertising, advertising company, they brought all their creative directors from around the world. New York, Egypt, Paris, London. I'm like, I have to speak to these people? <laughs> I was like, they're going to think my PowerPoint presentation is pathetic. <laughs> and then I thought, no, I'm here to help them. Mm. It was interesting. It was only 15 people. It was the most attention deficit people I've ever met in my life because I had to sit with them before and get kind of to know them and chat yeah. and stuff like that. But because I'm attention deficit myself and I know what's going on in their heads, I structure my talk around them and you've got to jump all over the place and give them facts and figures and put on a dog and pony show as Mark says <laughs> it's yeah. so good. and they sat with their mouths hanging open but um, what was I saying? The com um, taking control taking Strength. control I updated the book specifically for them and they're busy just <laughs> laying it out and redoing it it has to be repaginated and the um, index put in and then it's mm. going to the printer so Hopefully, before the end of this month, Mark, <laughs> take control. It's really about taking control of the areas and letting go of the things. And in there is everything from depression control. to sleep issues to everything. You can download it in a PDF format right now, in its old form, online right now. You can mm -hmm. go and download it and read it. You get a PDF, download mm -hmm. it and read it. So one of the things, like, <laughs> if we work all day and sit most of the day... You if, have we to can, exercise if we outdoors. can, yeah, if we can, you don't have a choice. Yeah. Control. Okay. Don't go to the gym. Okay. You need to go and walk, and if you can't do it in the mornings and in the evenings, you've got to go at lunchtime. Mm. So what you're going to do is make your lunch a snacky thing that if you don't finish it during lunch or walk while you eat, eat mm. while you walk, but you've got to be outdoors for 20 minutes a day in natural light, and you need Just fresh eating, air. Yeah. 
it's a busy road. It's better than not going outside. Yeah. But walk. Um, take your flat shoes to work and change if you have to go for a walk. Come back. Mm. Very important exercise. Mm. It's essential. Walking. Exercise outdoors in natural light regulates at least at least 16 different hormones in the body. Sure. And those are your anti-stress hormones. Yeah. They're your blood pressure hormones. They're your blood sugar hormones. If you're not exercising, people don't exercise. I'm oh, low blood sugar. I can't exercise. The worst thing for you because exercise regulates the hormones that get your adrenal glands working properly, which is where you, you're, you're regulating your blood sugar. Yeah. Your adrenal glands and your pancreas are all part of the hormonal system. If you don't exercise, they don't work properly. It's like essential. And it's one of the things that's come out of these long-living communities. They're outside. They're exercising. So just go for a walk. You don't have to go to gym. You don't have to go to CrossFit. You don't have to join a gym. Just walk. Mm-hmm. And that's how we started was just walk. So that's what I was comfortable doing. I don't want to hurt my body. I don't want to twist mm-hmm. an ankle. Just walk and get outside. Is there a big difference between walking and running? Like it's aerobic. You're going to work your lungs more. Mm, but, it's not. but from benefit point of view, brisk walking will probably benefit you more. the quickest. It's less stressful. You're not likely to get sore muscles. You're not likely to give up. And you're not likely to twist an ankle as easily. Running's not bad. Yeah. But if you feel that you get to a point, I walked continually until I got to a point where I felt like it wasn't oh, enough right. for me. I was walking yeah. fast. I was speed yeah. walking. And I was like, ah, oh, this is boring. And then I started running. And I was like, hey, this is nice. <laughs> you know, and now it's like recycling because then you can go even faster. <laughs> but now we also do we we, we do do um, a form of resistance and aerobic exercise called flow fit jogging. It comes to the class. It's in Gordon's Bay. It's forty five minutes. You get super strong and super fit from it, and it builds your core. What is it? It's like a cross between body strength training, flow fit. It's called. It teaches you to move naturally. It's mm. one of the things that came out of these communities that live so long. Mm. They move naturally. It teaches you, for example, he'll get you to practice squatting. Yeah. So that you sit down and you squat for half an hour a day. Yeah. Well, it's hectic. Wow. You know, you do 30 seconds and you're like, oh, my legs are going to sleep. Yeah. I'm falling backwards. Um, but the interesting thing is that you'll find, for example, we had to lay a floor last night and uh, put down, um, we've just renovated an area and we had to put down this vinyl flooring. Um, because it's soft and warm and quiet. And um, you're sitting down and the guy, the guy who, uh, one of the guys, the electrical guy was there and he looked, was looking at us and said, I don't know many grandparents that can do what you're doing. You're both sitting squatting and doing this. <laughs> and I'm like, no, you're right. I mean, it feels so comfortable in my skin. Mm. Um, but it's like a cross between Pilates, martial mm. arts and yoga, if I had to think of a combination of them. Yeah, Without all the weird stuff. There's no weird uh, stuff, yeah. Because you do the sort of what they call up dog, down dog, which is yeah. what you do in yoga. But, and you do the plank, which is yeah. what you do in yoga. But it's all cool. Yeah, it's cool. You know, they, they don't own the rights to what my body can do. It's what's it. It's amazing new exercise. <laughs> plank. Yeah. My mom yeah, found out what plank was for the first time the other day. So this amazing new exercise. And the secret in cleansing your butt. You cleanse your butt, you can stay as for years. So yeah, we don't do it for strength training. And it really helps with muscle tone. Have you seen Pilates? Yeah. yeah. I only go once a week. It's all I can do. The hour. I hate it. <laughs> and that's the thing. is Don't do something you hate. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, I have to do it because else my hips ache in bed at night. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I do it. Well, then you should love it. Oh, once a week is more than enough. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
the 100 days will give you everything I've mm. given you and more and the tools to do it. Mm. Mm -hmm. and, and then from there on, you can start saying, I want to, do, I want to go further, I want to do more, I want to whatever. And the, my book, if you read that. Perfect Health is the latest Perfect version. Perfect Health is the book okay. that goes with 100 days. Okay. And I'll tell you, read chapter 4 in week 1, and then I'll tell you, go to my week, chapter 8, and go here and go there. Mm. Um, so do you recommend so to everyone to go off animal products, like cut it out completely? On the 100 days, you don't have to come off the animal products. Oh, you okay. have one week where you have no animal products okay. to see what difference it makes to your balance. You, and yeah. if it makes no difference, a lot of people find their balance work much better. And okay. so we found that most people who do the 100 days eat a lot less animal products without the mm. pressure of like, you've got to give it yeah. up. Because yeah. we never yeah. gave it up. We just yeah. started eating Barely less and less and less. Yeah. I recommend that you it's not eat more than the size turkey. of your palm of your hand yeah. more than three times a week. That would be your maintenance program. But while you're on the 100 days, I'm just saying to you, it doesn't matter if you eat a steak. Just eat something more before you eat a steak. And then you have a week where you... You go with no animal products just for one week, and you have a week where you go off gluten, for example, and then you can see whether you feel better with it or not. And then you find most people, as I say, find I say not more than that size. So it would be an egg a day, or a piece of chicken a day, or a piece of fish a day, but preferably not more than three times a week. That allows you to go to a bride and go out to dinner, yeah, whatever. But we find that in time, most people find that they have more energy, they sleep less, and their bodies feel lighter, and they're more mm -hmm. focused on less animal products. Mm -hmm. So they tend to kind of drift in that direction. Okay. And you've got to listen to your body. We never set out to become vegetarian. Mm -hmm. um, gosh, when we were originally eating like this, Mark was doing, he had a business that was called Mystery Shopping. He'd go into the spur, and he'd have to test the hamburgers, the temperature, <laughs> how much sauce was on it, and write a whole report on it, and the service, and the... We'd have to go into the spoon and have a meal. So one would have a baked potato, one would eat a burger, one would eat something else, and we'd have to like... Rate it. Yeah. Oh, and then we'd say to our kids, How, what's it like? And we'd have to taste their food, so it would be like... <laughs> five, you know? And they would be suspicious of that because we came in with kids. Yeah. <laughs> so we used to do that. And another time, I mean, Mark was involved in fast food industry and restaurants. He used to go, you know, he used to... And then eventually he found he'd prefer a baked potato for lunch than a steak. When I mean, you could get steak for free. Yeah. And one big company is a training he just didn't want it. And then they started teasing him, but he lost 30 kilograms. Sure. Yeah, he had a big stomach. His whole family had these big, big bellies. They were like the apple-shaped barrel bodies. We had the pear-shaped, you know. You <laughs> but both of us, I lost my pear shape, he lost his apple shape. And in his family, he's the only one that stayed slim. His mom was very overweight. His sister's very overweight. His brother's overweight. And they take the antidepressants and have their tonsils removed and their appendix removed. And <laughs> they pay I what service to help. the appendix was there for? I've always wondered how they can say that. Appendix and the tonsils us. are there to actually grow baby white blood cells to big soldiers. That's what they do. Wow. White blood cells are made in the thymus. Mm -hmm. The thymus, yeah. And then it's, um, they, they migrate, they go to the tonsils and the appendix where they grow into big soldiers. So then they can really... Like, so that would affect the immune system if they were taken. Oh, totally, yes. So you're more prone to autoimmune conditions if you don't have tonsils or appendix. Oh. So you've got to be more careful. I don't have tonsils. I've been taken out when I was four. I kept getting tonsillitis. When we came up, what did they give us to eat? Ice cream, genuine custard. And now they give you coke and chips to get the scabs off in a hurry. I'm like, what? But if you take it, so many times I've had a mum, and I've got a book called Healthy Kids as well, and I wrote about this, and they're the stories of these mothers like crying, I don't want to take my child's tonsils out. Surely they're meant to be there for a reason, and they'll go and read up on it. 
And I said, okay, take the dairy out. Just ask the doctor for three weeks. All you need is three weeks. Take no dairy. dairy. All the dairy out. Tonsil clear up, goes away. I said, I keep it out. And then it stays out for six months. And then the child has some cheese, tonsillitis. Oh, and the mother parents know exactly what's causing it. Without a doubt, every single time it's dairy product. And Dr. Matala at the Red Cross Children's mm-hmm. Hospital has written papers on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But people don't read those papers. Nobody yeah, reads no. pediatric journals. Those are <laughs> doctors. But sorry, why, just out of ignorance, why did the dairy products become a problem? Is it because of the animals not being. Because surely There's not, a lot of reasons. Many years back, the cows were there, they must have seen it. They had cows' milk. milk's designed for baby cows. Mother's milk's designed for baby humans. Okay. That's how it's supposed to be. And the only milk that's really consumed in rural communities, like these communities, okay. is when there is a shortage of food, like in winter, they'll consume goat's milk. Goat milk. Yeah. Now, goat, when it's born, weighs three to six kilograms, much the same as a human, and when it's fully grown, it's 60 to 80 kilograms. A cow, when it's born, is 80 kilograms. When it's fully grown, it's 800 kilograms. A very different animal. <coughs> but it's easier and more financially viable to farm cow's milk because you get big udders. 50 to 100 litres of milk in it instead of 5 litres from a goat. And who wants to sit down here when you can sit up here? Now they've got machines that do all of this stuff. But there's a couple of reasons for it. They've homogenised milk, which was never happened. They pasteurise it, which was never. And then we consume dairy products very often with sugar. Mm. Uh, it's in icing. Mm. It's in, uh, we make cakes with milk and sugar. Cereals, milk and sugar. And when your blood sugar shoots up and down like this, your body goes into like immune, like defense mode. Like, hey, something's going on here. So it makes a lot of antibodies. Like, here come the antibodies. Find the protein, find the protein, nail the protein. And the protein that's coming in with sugar is usually milk protein. And now you've got this (coughs) antibody response attacking the protein. And the same thing happens with gluten. We have gluten with sugar. Mm. It's cookies and cakes and muffins. Mm. Now, every time you have the gluten, which is the protein, you have this antibody response to it, and you get this autoimmune response. Like mm. Some people can, their lupus will flare up, and the multiple sclerosis. <coughs> people with multiple sclerosis, you put them onto a gluten-free, dairy-free diet, and their symptoms go away. They go into remission. Mm. Lupus goes into remission. But it's because we've altered our diet and we consume sugar with proteins that they're kind of foreign proteins. Gluten is not that bad, but we have hybridized grains to improve their gluten because we are obsessed with having more protein. Yeah. We want more protein. So instead of being 2% protein, we must have 8% protein. Yeah. And now we're sitting with a problem. Most of us are gluten and dairy intolerant because we produce antibodies against them. So now when you have it, you get mucus and sinusitis and post-nasal drips, ear infections. Um, women think they've got a candida problem and it's actually a discharge because of dairy products and they're taking all kinds of antibiotics to get it. doesn't go. Get the dairy out, problem goes. And some people aren't like affected by dairy. Yeah. My husband, I would have thought, was one of those people that wasn't affected by dairy. He never had his tonsils out as a child. He never got sinusitis once in his life. Sinusitis happens because you take the tonsils out. Now that just moves to another part of the body. He never had any mucus-related problems. Except that as he got older, he started to snore. (laughs) And then when we took the dairy out, the snoring would go away. Sure. I can't live without cheese for the rest of my life. 
why should I go without cheese? Mm. Anyway, so he'd have the cheese, and then there were nights that he snored so badly, I'd want to go and sleep in the spare room, one <laughs> prodding him all night long like this. <laughs> you got a snoring nose like. <laughs> I learned to sleep through it. Uh, <laughs> a few plugs in your ears. <laughs> and then I found that if he changed, when he had soy milk, it does the same thing to him, he snores. Any soy, he snores really yeah. loud. Yeah. Yeah. So what's and, a good alternative? And then, um, well, if you're having cereal, make banana milk. Just blend bananas banana up with water and pour nice, it on your cereal. It's much nicer and way more nutritious. You can do it with mangoes, apples, anything. Or you can take liquid fruit or cereals and pour that on if you want to. But banana milk's the healthiest. Get another milk. Get another milk. And then, let me tell you why he stopped dairy. He started getting really sore knees. And he's a runner. And he couldn't run. He was standing down at the beach in Gordon's Bay about eight years ago. And this guy was on the beach. And this guy said something, and Mark said something. Oh, yeah, I used to love running, but my knees were sore. And this guy said, yeah, I used to have really bad sore knees, and I used to get sore back as well. And Mark said, me too. My small of my back is always lower back pain. It's like the most common problem people have next to headaches. And this guy said, I went to my osteopath. He's British. He was here on holiday. So I went to my osteopath. And he said, take all the dairy products out. But I've been telling Mark this for years. He says, I took all the dairy out. And he says, I must tell you, it was really hard because I love cheese. But craving for dairy is a sign you're not like, you're lacking essential fatty acid. Increase your natural plant fats and the craving goes away. Anyway, so I took the dairy out. And I was missing a couple of months. Fine. No knee problems. Sure. And then he was fine for about eight years, and then he started drinking cappuccinos with soy milk in. Mm. Started drinking the soy milk and the cappuccino. Nothing was happening to him, but a snoring, and the sore knees came back. Oh, so really now the cappuccinos is part of the reason we've gone on all. No cappuccinos, no soy milk. And he wasn't, he'd have it twice or three times a week. It yeah. wasn't a big thing. Mm. But you think that he's not, don't have a problem. Look, Mark's one of those people that would have no problem with it and would have got prostate cancer, because he would get prostate problems just by drinking a castle lager because of the preservative in it. His mm. testicles would swell up and he would like feel like he wanted to urinate and nothing would happen. And that and fried foods would affect him. So with him, people like him don't get sick. Mm. And then they suddenly there's like cancer. Yeah, yeah. Now he's got testicular yeah, cancer yeah. or he's got prostate cancer or he's got something. And, and women that don't get mucus-related problems are very commonly get breast cancer. It's the number one cause of breast cancer. Dr. Colin Campbell, in his book that he wrote on the China study, which, which involved 30 years from various different studies, okay? Um, he found um, that... And, and he said, in years to come, people are going to sue the dairy industry like they sued the cigarette industry mm. when they discovered that cigarettes cause cancer. Mm. That the protein in cow's milk, the whey and the casein, and it's in all these protein powders yeah, that this guy's saying, is the number one cause mm. of breast and prostate cancer. Mm. And dairy content intake has increased because when we were growing up as kids, you know, people couldn't afford to eat cheese every day. People yeah. had one toilet, one car. And you had cheese as a treat, you know? There were no credit cards. Now you've got a credit card, you can eat cheese any day of the week. And Tim Noakes tells you you can eat half a kilogram a day if you want to. But it's not. Do you have a good yogurt alternative? You can make yogurt from nuts and you can make cheese from nuts. And if you go online, you can actually make your own. Okay. It's just a process where you ferment, you ferment it to a certain degree. 
it's not that complicated. You add probiotics, yeah. it's very easy. And I would add the, <laughs> yeah, you would add the flora food to that. It's a good probiotic. You know, yeah, because that's why I eat smoothies out of bowl now as well. Because I also really must eat big cheese and yogurt. Mm. And if yeah, I want a yogurty taste yeah. in my smoothie, you put cashews in it, mm. it makes it really creamy, mm. and then you put raw frozen raspberries in it, mm. and it gives the sour taste. But you can mm. make, you can take a make. I'll tell you how you can make yogurt really quickly. You take the either cashew nuts. Or you take the baby coconuts, mm. you scoop out the flesh of the coconut or the cashews and you put it in your blender and you put lemon juice mm. and then you put whatever fruit you want in there and a bit of honey and it's like eating yogurt. Mm. Okay. It's delicious. Bye. And you think, I feel like I'm eating. When I first tasted it, I gagged and I was like, oh, I'm eating yogurt. And I'm like, okay, let me get my head around this. It's plant food I'm eating here, not rotten milk. <laughs> <laughs> rotten pus. <laughs> I got off dairy products. I got off dairy products when I went to an actual dairy, yeah. organic dairy, to go and see what they're doing and the smell mm. when they milk those cows it, and they're making mm. the cheese. It's not the milking the cows, it's the pro- where they're ripening the cheese. It smells like vomit. Mm. The whole room just smells like a <laughs> And I found out it gave me really bad body odor. Oh, my word. Don't need deodorant if you stopped animal products. You don't. We don't need deodorant. Eat animal products, we need deodorant. <laughs> it's ridiculous. We, we go around like putting on lipstick because our lips are pale, because we like anemic, because we're eating gluten. Number, gluten is the number one cause of, of anemia, by the way. Gluten intolerance. Um, and then we think of westernized countries. We all live on bread. Number one in... Mm-hmm. We li- everyone lives on bread. Wheat pigs, bread, pizzas, muffins. Bagels. Oh, oats are okay still. Oats are gluten-free, right? Oats are no, not actually gluten-free unless they're grown in Finland. You can uh, get gluten-free. Yeah. But you must check because yeah. some people are selling gluten-free oats and when you phone them, they say, we don't package it in a warehouse where there's gluten. And you say, no, you have to actually grow uh, it. They hybridize the grain and they uh, grow it in Finland and it looks different. The oat is much bigger and it's a dip, slightly different texture and color. Okay. And when you cook it, it's more chewy. It's actually really nice. It doesn't go so slimy. Yeah. And that's the gluten that makes that mm. sliminess mm. in it. Uh, so you find it's like a chunkier oat. Um, it's, we've got oh, some online. It's more expensive because it's coming from Finland, but sooner or later some farmer will go and get the seed and come and grow it here. Mm. Bring the price, maybe we'll just go and grow it on our property. Yeah. One hectare won't grow much. Yeah. <laughs> Marianne, one of the things that you said you shouldn't mix, you said you shouldn't mix proteins. Proteins and, and starches to stop starches. fermentation taking place in your stomach because mm. proteins digest at a pH of 2 to 3 in your stomach, ideally, because you increase your hydrochloric acid, your stomach secretes hydrochloric acid to activate the protein digesting enzymes. And starches start digesting in your mouth. But just, they won't continue digesting if the pH drops below 4. So you can't have okay. a pH of above 4 and a pH of 2 to 3 in the same stomach at the uh, same time. Okay. So when you eat proteins and starches at the same time, your stomach secretes hydrochloric acid to bring the pH down and then the starches stop digesting completely. And all you need is partially digested starches in a warm, moist place. What's going to happen? Fermentation. Mm-hmm. So you gas, like heartburn, acid reflux. Acid reflux. Absolutely, you got it. Mm-hmm. Heartburn, acid reflux, gas, di- digestive discomfort. Mm-hmm. <coughs> you want to sort out digestive problems, allergies, digestive problems, and intolerances. What ends up, you end up with leaky gut syndrome as well because mm-hmm. your food doesn't break down properly and then these molecules of protein get absorbed into the 
they're too big and they get absorbed into the bloodstream and now they call all kinds of weird problems. Mm. But if you just protein. don't mix proteins and starches, if you don't eat chicken, fish, meat, eggs with potatoes and rice, but you eat them separately so you can have... Yeah. You want chips, cut a butternut into chips and bake it in the oven and have butternut chips with your fish. Yeah. Or you want um, bolognese, make mm. a bolognese with lentils and lots of tomato sauce mm. and put that on rice noodles. You can have that. Mm. It's gluten-free. We make a very delicious bolognese sauce. We actually serve it for That's the kids. It's the kids' favorite thing. They actually think oh, it's... Yes, yeah. Yeah. And then you just add, you add a lot more tomato puree and it's like bolognese. Mm. It's just delicious. Is it beans? Mm. Lentils. Lentils. Yeah, it tastes, for me, it tastes the same. Um, Meat mm. tastes like it does because of the way it's cooked by frying yeah. things and the spices, the spices we put in. Yeah. You've ever had a domestic mm. worker in your house put meat on a pot and boil it in a pot? Have you ever smelled meat oh, boiling in a pot? Mm. It's yeah. disgusting. You'd never eat it. It's the grilling that gives it that beautiful. Oh, and then the spices that you put on it. If yeah. you put no spice or salt on meat and you grilled it, it wouldn't taste nice. Mm. It's the sauces and the spices. You must try it. Try eating it raw with no salt in the <laughs> And what about the combination of protein and carbs? Well, that's it. It's proteins and starches, Starch, protein and carbohydrates. Okay. And that is the number one reason why when people go on to a banting diet, yes. they take all the carbs out. Yes. Now you're not mixing proteins and starches. Mm. A lot of the intolerances go away. A lot of the digestive problems get yes. sorted out. But within 18 months to five years, you've got other health issues yeah, that are really, yeah. really severe, like diabetes, like Tim Noakes as well. And people don't want to go off it because their digestive mm. tracts feel so yeah. comfortable. And if you just <laughs> ate <laughs> potatoes or pasta with a salad and vegetables, a pasta primavera, or you just had your fish with your salads and your veggies, mm-hmm. you wouldn't yeah. have a problem. But you don't have to cut out carbohydrates to have a comfortable digestive tract. Mm. And that That's was an interesting study that was done. Gosh, the first person that ever said... I remember the doctor's name, but the person who did the test on was a guy called Alexis St. Martin in the 1800s. He had a gunshot wound in his stomach. Yeah. And that didn't heal. And there was this flap that you could, like, (laughs) suppress, (laughs) repress in, and you could actually see into the stomach. So he would suspend pieces of starch in the stomach on a cotton thread. And he discovered by doing this that starches don't digest in the stomach. They don't just digest at all. They just start (laughs) fermenting. Yeah. And, that, and he was the first person who told people not to eat starches. Oh, but he never tested what happened in the mouth. And then years later, they discovered the enzymes in your mouth that if you chew starch as well, it's the starch digestion process yeah. starts. Yeah. And you've got to chew starches really well. Mm-hmm. Ah. It's one of the things I teach you on the 100 days, to ah. chew ah. well. And then you, as you eat it, it goes into your stomach. And then it's fine. And it's fine if there's yeah, no protein there. If there's protein there, you're going to secrete hydrochloric acid and you're going to get just pH will drop too low and you'll stop the starch digestion. Mm-hmm. Uh, hydrochloric acid is only secreted in direct response to the quantity and quality of protein. So if you ate a bite of a piece of meat... You're not suddenly going to secrete the whole lot of hydrochloric acid because you just had a bite. Mm. So you're like, oh, I'm going to get rid of this. I'm going to spit it up. <laughs> if you had a bite of somebody's fish, it wouldn't be a problem. But if you ate mm, more than that, yeah. your body would recognize it as it's concentrated protein. It's more than 15% mm. and it secretes hydrochloric acid. There's protein in potatoes, but it's like 1% or 2%. So is that because we're mixing everything together in our stomach and we're causing mm-hmm. all this gas and whatever, like, 
I mean, like we won't have any digestive problems. Like the problems. little pygmies, you know, they ate like a lot of meat, but I suppose that's all they ate at that stage. Yeah, and well, they didn't live very didn't long. <laughs> no, the Messiah warriors. Messiah warriors. They drink blood and. Do you know what age they, they diet? No. Forty-two. They're lucky oh, if they're rich. Yes, and Eskimos. Yeah. Eskimos are lucky to live to forty-five. Oh, what do they eat? Blubber. And they our community, eat? they eat a lot of well, fat, very uh, high fat diet. Oh, yeah. The two communities that eat high fat, high protein, and mainly high fat, is the Eskimos have very poor life expectancy, and they have very high rates of arthritis. Very high rates of arthritis. The Maasai warriors are interesting because the women don't eat like the men, and they outlive them by far. They live way past sixty. And they also don't get arthritis. Sure. They don't drink the blood. They don't eat the meat. Well, those men meat make a, a milkshake of the milk and the blood. <laughs> it's oh, no. it's you can't believe it. It was like very interesting. But, yeah. but I, didn't, I didn't realize that they you lived so know. short. They live very short. They're when very I spoke to Nurse about it, they joked. But their life expectancy is very poor. And he said, no, it's not. And anyway, the Okinawan Japanese eat lots of protein and they live there, the longest living community in the world. I said, Tim, I don't know what you're talking about. I was in an email. I said, I don't know what you're talking about. Yes, she has the information on Okinawans. They're lucky if they eat a sardine a week yeah. and share it amongst a family of 12. Oh, he said, nutrition's not my speciality. Oh, oh my god! Uh, you know, you, like, so you spoke about a disease earlier that uh, autoimmune disease that made like cigarette marks. All oh around. no, that was what, uh, what, what an infection. That's not an autoimmune disease. It's uh, impetiga, and it's a bacteria. Impetiga. It's like a bacteria that just uh, touches the whole body. Just goes into yeah, and if it goes down your digestive tract, you're in trouble. So they just bashed me full of antibiotics and did whatever they needed to do. Probably now, what was the cause of that? Do you know? Is it just... It's just sheer, probably dirt and touching something. I mean, I grew up on a farm, so... No, 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 I, just say, I just know somebody had that and they couldn't diagnose it. I don't think they ever found out what it was. It's not it very was, common yeah. in westernized cultures because we sterilize mm. everything and everything's oh, so clean. No. So you'll see it on farms or rural communities. But if the child's immune system is in good condition, it won't be a problem. But it probably uh, happened too close to the fact that I was born with this chronic malaria and had to take medication from birth, and then I had you know all this other uh, stuff yeah. that was going on. Plus the fact that I wasn't breastfed and drank lots of cow's milk and had smoking parents. <laughs> yeah, you know, I was compromised to start off with. The fact that my lungs actually function as an adult. If I ever go down with something, it'll go. It goes to my lungs like soy milk. Just I start get laryngitis and I'm coughing, and I thought, hey, soy milk, I can drink it. And I found flavored soy milk that had no sugar and it had vanilla, and I was like, oh man, this is like ultra milk custard. The one from Willie's, I never did it. No, no, it was before that. Long before that, it was not called butter soy. It was important before before Willie's time. Okay, when Willie's used to sell overalls. <laughs> it used to be a dreadful show when we were kids. We used to sell overalls and 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 like all synthetic fabrics. It was just disgusting. Nobody went there except poor old people and people that worked for somebody who needed a uniform. Well, if you have a lot of animals in your home and you're quite um, interactive with them, what do you, what are your thoughts on deworming? Oh yes, no. Look, is if you are a vegan, you should take something called Para 90, which is a combination of herbs that get rid of all 400 parasites, including mm -hmm. flukes. 
And if you eat, and if you eat any meat, chicken, fish, or you kiss children, little children, or you have <laughs> 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 animals in your house, if you kiss sausage dogs on um, a daily basis, no, no, then you've got to do it at least three times a year. Every four months, every three months, you do a month on paranoia. Do you take one capsule three times a day for a month plus? A floor of food. What's it called? Paranite. Fantastic Paranite. Ninety, ninety. It's got ninety capsules in the bottle. One a day for a month. You see, if you only take something like Vermox, it kills the adults. Doesn't kill the eggs. Now the eggs hatch. Those are things you buy for one time. The cycle to kill all the hatching eggs is at least a month. And you can't take Vermox for a month. It's really toxic stuff. What's yeah. you? But oh, you can take Paranite because it's no, just all, it contains the herbs. Yeah, the Paranite, you take it in one No, you take No, you take one capsule three times a day for a month. So every family member has to have, when we do it, we do it together because I kiss him. And he kisses me. So we all do it And if you go to your dogs and everyone together, is it of no use? Well, it'll benefit for a month or two. Nothing happens to the herbs. They're still pretty efficient. So you take one capsule three times a day from now. And then every three months you would have a pizza. If you've got animals licking your face, yes. But if you don't have animals licking your face and you're a vegan once a year. We're probably due for another batch. Mark? We haven't done it. Just don't like the whole thing. Have you heard about green barbers? I have. It's got spirulina in it, and you shouldn't touch spirulina. Really? Yes. Where does spirulina grow? What is spirulina? It grows. Spirulina grows. It's algae, okay? Where does algae grow? Is the water moving or stagnant? Stagnant. Yes. Okay, that's the problem. Well, it when wouldn't be water, an ocean, it be water. Yeah. When water stagnant, it will be it'll be near the land, it'll be on the land, on the edge of the water stagnant, the, it's in pools of water where the water's not moving. And in that stagnant water, you will find lots of insects, lots of fly larvae, mm -hmm. lots of rat Ooh. droppings. <laughs> and when they've tested all the 98 different types of spirulina, they tested, they all contain insect body parts <laughs> and bird droppings. <laughs> And out of the 98, like 94, yeah. it's yeah. just a money-making racket. Yeah. Really. Spirulina is a money-making racket. The nutritional level, I compared it. I did an analysis, and Marcus Ruiz Spirulina actually sued me. They said I'd lost them a million rand, but they're talking nonsense. Other people had brought out spirulina and had, had impacted them, and Mark smartly looked on the internet and saw their financial reports worldwide. They the figures had gone down by 50% worldwide. And I don't, I'm not that powerful. So yeah. <laughs> Just one statement. So my yeah. husband was smart enough to check out their financial statements. Yeah. Anyway, the, um, so I compared the nutritional happened. value, and that was before it was um, being grown the way it's been grown now. Mm. The, the, just the vitamin E content in this has gone oh, up by 10 oh, times. Yeah. Sure. So when you check the nutritional levels, Everything's lower except that there's slightly more, one or two of the amino acids, but like far lower. I mean, they contain 10 times less calcium and it's not, it's not a food. Nobody in their right mind would eat algae. There are yeah. no animals that eat it other than insects okay? yeah, and yeah. fish. 
So but a human being would never eat algae. They wouldn't take it out the ground. If you, but you would eat sprouted leaves. Everybody eats sprouts. Yeah. You know they're good for us. We like yeah. them. So it's sprouted leaves. Oh, That's why it's the only one that I take. Which ones are the? I know you don't want to give us a list of don'ts, but like, look, you don't macca, need superfoods at all. You don't need them. No, you yeah. don't need superfoods at all. If you've got exhausted mm. adrenal, adrenal glands, I wouldn't take pure mm. maca. I'd take multi maca, which has got pungium, pungium, true. Trabulus terrestris. Pagium africanus, I think it is. It's a whole lot of other roots and fruits and bogs, but it's balanced so that you don't. Because maca can actually make your adrenal glands overwork. And you can actually suffer from adrenal exhaustion. It's a similar effect to caffeine, but it's, a, it's another method. So I would take it in small quantities and mix it with other things. But that can help people's hormonal system. It helps with depression, maca. There are things that can help you when you've got a problem that are plants. But the multi-maca works fantastically. Um, there's something called Lysium uh, Plus, which helps with lungs. It's got licorice, so glycerin has been taken out of it. That can affect your blood pressure. Mm -hmm. But the active part of it that improves the lung function is important and good. And that's got, um, it's got goji berries and licorice in it. That's all it is. So there are things that can help. But I wouldn't take them all day, every day long. I would first yeah, you change your diet, exercise, get sunlight, yeah, make sure that you're resting one entire day a week. So one of the reason I keep the Sabbath. Sabbath. I was like, yeah. I can't believe, I wish I'd done this. It's like I had this gift and I never opened it yeah. until I was like yeah. almost too old. And I'm like, every Sabbath, I'm like, thank you God for this day, Mark and I, but... Even my grandkids are like, it's the Sabbath, we can walk around in pajamas all day long. <laughs> just teaching them to rest. Yeah. At this point. Mm. We'll get to everything else later. <laughs> but the whole idea is to rest. I also think that sometimes some of the activities that people do from a historical point can just make you exhausted. Yeah. <clears throat> and I think the whole idea is to rest. But we just rest. We lie in the sun or under a tree or sleep or read or... Mm. Play card games with the kids. We'll go for a, we won't go for a hectic ride. We'll do a, a stroll yeah, or a yeah. ride around the beachfront and mm. just have fun. You know, we have fun stuff. Yeah. But we rest. That's very important. Those things are important. And I would do all of that first before I took any supplements. Certainly superfoods. Mm. And, and drinking juice. I'm drinking juice. I wouldn't touch supplements. I used to take lots. Mm -hmm. It never helped me. It cost mm -hmm. me lots of money. I'd pay all my lots, money yeah. into the toilet. <coughs> <coughs> and vitamin C is the safest one to take, and it can cause gout, arthritis, kidney stones, and osteoporosis. It's too hard. And it's a common. I've a uh, 22 year old girl. I'll never forget this. Her. She was perfect diet. Ex. She was an aerobics instructor. She had osteoporosis. She's the last person with all that exercise that should be. My first question to her was after questioning her about her diet, I said, do you take vitamin C? She said, I've been raised on vitamin C from when I was little. My mom gave me a thousand milligrams of vitamin C every day. Mm -hmm. And it's a side effect of vitamin C supplementation. Having too much. Uh, yes. And we only need 150 mm. milligrams. And how do you know you've got too much? With too much vitamin C, your tongue starts to get sensitive. Like when you eat too many tomatoes or pineapples, yeah. then you know mm. you've had enough. Your body's saying, stop, you've yeah. had enough. There's also this alkalining powder, I don't know if you've seen it. Oh, what's it called? Your body like, So just nothing additional. Uh, all fruit and vegetables are fine. create the right alkaline balance. And I do okay. talk about it in the 100 days and in the book. 
talk about alkaline forming foods and all your fruit and vegetables. All you get to a point. They're all alkaline yeah, forming, even including oranges. <laughs> but it's when you heat them and turn them into juices that they can become acid forming. Okay. They leave an alkaline residue, even though they've got a lot of vitamin C in them, they've got a lot of calcium, magnesium, potassium. Um, those are your alkaline minerals that are left behind in the bloodstream. Foods that are acid forming have a lot of phosphorus and sulfur in them. And all of that is animal products, processed foods, mm. man-made stuff. So you wouldn't recommend like single supplementation, so like Mm-mm. anything at so all. So re- reductionism, there's no one. Yeah. You can't use yeah. vitamin C on its own. You've got so to that whole industry is based off of vitamin E. You, and you never know what you need. And that's yeah. why listening to your body is the best because... Yeah. You'll wake up. Now, my body hardly ever will crave bananas. Yeah. And usually if you're a banana lover or you're craving, then you're needing a lot more potassium than somebody else. Yeah. But I'll, like, pig out on figs and Mark will pig out on the fresh or the dried bananas. <laughs> so you listen to your body. Yeah. Because your body is telling you what you need. Or you, like, can't stop with the mangoes. Or you're just like, oh, crumbs, these nuts are so delicious, I can't stop. And then you get to a point where you've had enough. Yeah. It's very so difficult to get to that yeah. level with processed foods mm-hmm. like my switch off meter just didn't want to stop with sugar it was just like yeah, I'd eat going. sugar and my tongue would feel terrible and I'd go and eat chips so I could eat more sugar mm-hmm. but when you're eating whole foods your body says I've had enough yeah like mm-hmm. that Nutella I could eat a whole bottle of normal Nutella I have one or two teaspoons and I'm like I've had enough mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it's all natural it's got coconut oil and mm-hmm. Mm, and cooking true. with coconut oil is better than using like olive oil. Yeah, if you're going to heat oil, coconut oil is the best oil yeah. to heat. Okay. But it's better to not fry things. But sometimes you just want to chip fried in oil. Yeah. In coconut oil. So. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, and the minamino, yeah. The, um, the minamino supplement. It's it really it used to be like that black syrup type thing. I don't know what it what you said it is now. Is it, oh, I don't know. It's we a don't magnesium think. supplement. It's probably a multivitamin yeah. and they're telling you, listen, don't believe anything you watch on TV, okay, <laughs> including the ads. <laughs> Seriously, do not believe an advertisement. Okay. Take the product and look at what's in it, and if you don't know, send it to me and I'll tell you the thing. But you, you say you take a mega... It's called Amiga. It contains, because it's from the AIM company, they call it Amiga. It's got flax, sesame, sunflower, and olive oil. Perfect balance of three to six. Three to six, okay. And that's like your multivitamin, basically. That's in my body. Those are two things that everybody says to me, what should I take? Barley Life and Amiga. Don't. Those are two things everybody, nobody has the right, or very few people have the right right Omega 3 to 6 profile and intake. And most people don't get enough dark green leafy vegetables that are sprouted. You need sprouted dark green leafy vegetables. I was taking this Vitafem, I think it was from A. Revitafem. Yeah, it's the only thing I ever took in my life, ever. Now I stopped making it. Ah, no, they they haven't stopped making it. They don't bring it into South Africa because they didn't sell enough. They still make it in America. So what do you do? But you can actually, you should ask the they got it back? Have they got it back? I'm sure I saw it. They may have reformulated. Is barley not gluten? What is that like? There's no gluten in it because you sprout the grain and the leaf grows out. 
Oh. Is it just the way it's harvested or whatever? But normally, like, so barley that you find in fields. Normal barley that you find in fields has got gluten because it's got the grain. Okay. But the leaf doesn't contain the grain. You do find it, that's why I don't like the real thing. They pull the whole plant out of the ground. You still got that grain attached to it. It's full of gluten. Yeah. Barley's kosher now as well. Yeah. What is, what is, um, what is a good